0: Greetings and salutations, and welcome back to humanity's last best hope. Talk until the joy is gone. My name is Rooney, and I'll be the guiding voice through this metaphysical barrage of nonsense you're about to endure. You can thank me later. And here with me is the multiverse's answer to the question of, who's that watching from the bushes? Reggie. That's to be the briefest intro I've ever written, and only reading it back now did I realise exactly how brief it is. I was like,
1: oh shit, I'm meant to come in now. I was (laughs) like... Like, that is not only like a very tame insult, but like that has come all too soon. I normally yeah. have a good 20 seconds of. thought
0: it was much longer than that one I wrote it earlier this morning. Trying to, to year, figure out what I was
1: going to say after I say my name, but all
0: of a sudden I'm like, fuck. To put you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I
1: like the bushes,
0: they're, they're shady. shady. <laughs> You're shady. <laughs> and I don't mean the artist known as Eminem. Oh, damn. Shifty ne'er here. do well malcontent oh yeah sorry I'm back to playing the idiot again
1: yeah this is all true <laughs> yeah yeah playing the idiot yeah. sure yeah my uh, below average intelligence is, is doing me well on this it's, podcast it's,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's, it's standing in for your lack of character <laughs>
1: yeah. no one has any context to why we both find this funny
0: <laughs> nope <Yeah. laughs> Oh, fuck them! Worst <laughs> podcast ever. Yeah. <laughs> We've gone from making in jokes from a small group to in jokes just between the two of us. Yeah.
1: It's because I shunned the small
0: group. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm not going to ask you how your week was because I know your week was shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really don't want to talk about any of the reasons why it was shit. No, on and mic anyway.
0: My week was just dull. Yeah, I will complain about the fact that yesterday it was only like. 25 degrees or something. Yeah, I sweated out my own body weight in fluids. Yeah, it did. Like
1: somebody said to me yesterday, it feels like we're in Florida. And I was like, I couldn't have put it better myself. Yeah, Life it was, was horrible. Humid as
0: fuck. Yes. Yeah. And I decided it'd be a good idea to go trekking across the fields yesterday in that, which was not
1: a good idea. I decided that before I had to deal with the anxiety of being surrounded by strangers at a, bar- a barbecue, I should go and walk 10K <laughs> <laughs> to burn off enough calories so like I could just eat all my feelings. What and is the- that in old money? What's that in miles? I, 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 I know there's three of one to the other, but yeah. I can't remember what way I Yeah, I can't remember
0: which way round it is. Uh, 10, 6.2 miles. 6.2 miles. Okay. Oh, I've been walking further than I thought because my phone tracks it in miles. Oh, okay. And I'm just like, oh, two miles, okay. And I'm like, I have no idea what that actually means. I think that's walking from my house to the town and back. If I walk, I'd be just walking to the town. I can't remember from my house up to
1: Asda. Do a right on the cycle track, follow it all right around, come under uh, the, got on the, the underpass by St Mark's, and follow it and follow that cycle track all the way back to my house. Yeah, that's about that's about six or seven kilometers okay so that's probably like three or four miles
0: we don't need to change it over so i can track it in kilometers because everyone tracks everything in kilometers these days yeah i don't
1: know i like my first ever app that i used to track myself running was in kilometers and so Mm. i've just stuck to kilometers ever since
0: yeah i could probably go into settings and change it into miles but (laughs) unless you do a marathon everyone's like oh how many k yeah and i'm like i don't know i did this many miles and then people do the maths and i'm just like yeah that that i assume because i don't know i prefer to say that
1: i ran 5k and not i ran three miles because 5k sounds better it sounds
0: better yeah yeah Yeah, i've been taking the dog out on long walks this week because exercise sucks
1: it does but you, you do... I'm not going to lie. I don't know whether it's the, the colour in, the your, color, I, I'm in wearing, your outfit today. I'm
0: wearing a lavender T-shirt today, <laughs> yeah, folks.
1: Yeah. I'm channeling into Reggie. Yeah, a lavender T-shirt, blue jeans. Blue jeans. And blue converse. Like, there's no black whatsoever. They, no, the converse are black. They call them black. But they call them black. You've seen my converse, right? Yeah. They're actually black.
0: Oh, the actual... Yeah, the actual black. black. Navy, Plus, these navy are more,
1: blue up there. These are
0: more like ash grey these yeah. days because I've had them so long. Navy blue, I would say. <laughs> The classic, the classic converse. Yes. Yeah. Like, there's no black. No, I know. But still,
1: you're looking a bit trimmer than usual.
0: That's why I'm wearing this (laughs) t-shirt. Yeah. Because last time I wore it, I was like, "Oh no, can't wear that." And I realised the other, I've been moaning to Amy for the last two weeks. Fucking trousers keep falling down. Yeah. And she started off with, "Well, you know, that's a good sign." I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Now she's just like." Fuck's sake, shut up! You've lost weight. I get it, and I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. It's just really annoying because my trousers keep falling down.
1: That's how I feel now when I come around And I'm like, I'm doing really well, and you're like, shut up! No one wants to hear you. No one cares
0: <laughs> that you're healthy and you do exercise and shit. Now, <laughs> give it six weeks and you'll be back in your funk, and you'll be yes. lazy again.
1: No, because I'm not going to lie. I've been in the funk for like two months, and.
0: All right, you'll get out of your funk and be lazy again. Yeah, Either way, I'll become happy and then get lazy. You get happy and get lazy, and, and then your beer belly comes back, and I can relax a little bit. <laughs> well, it's not—it's not a beer belly. It's like a cheese belly. Cheese belly. Because no, yeah.
1: Eat, I don't drink beer.
0: <laughs> yes, I've been really good with what I've been eating as well. I've yeah. been—I've cut out so much shit in my diet. I think that's been had the biggest impact yeah. in actually losing weight. Because um, obviously, during lockdown. It was just takeaways all the time oh, course, and yeah. everyone was trapped indoors. So we were binge eating and shit and we never really recovered from that. No. We just kind of, we'd be, we'd reduced it. We reduced the takeaways and stuff. Cause I realized the other year I was spending like nearly 300 quid a month on takeaways. Yeah, it, and these just, days I can't afford 300 quid a month on takeaways. It's just so expensive. Yeah. I we all attacked take the other night. Uh, no, we went to, uh, we went to uptown and we got lunch up there and it was like for the three of us. Uh, it was like 25, 26 quid, yeah. It's 20. And it's like this is literally just like two burgers and some fries and yeah. drinks and shit. And it's like this is this is obscene.
1: I drove past an advert the other day that was like double cheeseburger meal four forty nine, and I'm like, what the
0: fuck? Where did that Where come did from? Where did that come from? It's been three ninety nine. Yeah.
1: Not all, well, I never bought a meal, but a double cheeseburger used to be so cheap.
0: Oh, God, they, yeah. yeah. Like, you got geez, it as yeah. a side.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this meal looked like everything was like, small drinks, small fries, and I'm like,
0: fuck. Oh, Who was it? I saw one on Twitter the other day, everyone was kicking off that, and it was uh, one of those mini single pizzas yeah. uh, with a little tiny mini tub of ice cream and a drink, and it was 12 quid or something. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, yeah, summer bargains, inflation busting, and everyone's like, What's the actual fuck? That's not even that's not even a meal for an adult. That's I, a snack.
1: I remember being out and drunk so many times, and we'd go to like Domino's because yeah. it was still open, yeah. and we'd get like a full large pizza for like eight nine nine, and then just carry it home eating it.
0: Domino's <laughs> is so overpriced these days. All all pizzas are
1: overpriced unless you go to someone like Farmhouse, where they'll do you like one of them pizzas that will feed four families.
0: Oh god, yeah, for well, like, I like those. twelve
1: quid, yeah, yeah all named pizza places
0: oh yeah all the big ones they massively overcharged yeah but yeah i've been cutting i've been cutting down the amount of food i've been eating partly as a cost-saving exercise because the less i eat the more money i've got to spend on fun stuff yeah um and also because like i said we hadn't stopped the binge eating from fucking lockdown so we're doing that um and then yesterday uh i didn't have breakfast because uh i overslept I say I overslept. I, I, I slept in until like nine o'clock and then my neighbours woke me up. Um, and then by the time I actually got up and got ready and was ready to eat something, I was like, I was too late for breakfast now. So then we went we went out shopping. We came back. We had pizza for lunch. Well, oven pizza, yeah. obviously, because I'm not made of money. <laughs> Hashtag Coszy Lives. Um, and I had that. And then I had uh, like half a share bag of crisps. And then I had three-quarters of a bar of Turkish Delight chocolate. And then I had an ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, we came to dinner time. And I made, um, what are they called? Uh, focaccias. Oh, yeah. And I had focaccias. that. For Huh? For catchers. Um, <laughs> I've heard it
1: pronounced both ways. Sorry. Like, for 163 episodes, you've corrected all my <laughs> pronunciations. <laughs> and I've been grateful for it but now I'm like <laughs> catchers, <Focaccias>. motherfucker
0: fuck cheers. <laughs> see I thought it was fuck cheers because catchers just sounds like saying fuckacher yeah but okay focaccia. I've heard I've heard it pronounced both ways I'll go with fuckacher well I've heard it called fuckacher on the food network that makes more sense yeah. I've heard it from just
1: regular <laughs> right people yeah yeah
0: so I made them for me and Cody for dinner and obviously I had to have like cheese and then I had pepperoni in there of course, yeah. Then I finished, then I had a different bag of crisps and, <laughs> and I sat up here last night and I, I had um, I had a beer and I had a, a ginger beer and then I had something else and I was like, oh, I fancy a snack right now. And then I was like, no, wait a minute, no, I've eaten way too <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah. Yesterday, it all went to pot. Uh, <laughs> Saturdays
1: a lot like my cheat day then. <laughs> then my day where I just, normally I just fuck off my two and a half thousand calories and yeah. yeah, whatever I want. Whereas the rest of the week, I'm pretty disciplined. So I don't see there's any any problem in that as long as you get back. As to long as I don't then do it
0: today. Some discipline today. Yeah, yeah that's where I go wrong because yeah. I'm like, well, I'll finish off what I started yeah. yesterday. And then it's just like, well, I've already done the da- – I'll, I'll pick it up next week. And it's about you never only do.
1: having enough treats in the house that you can polish off on a Saturday. Yeah. If you have more than enough, then it rolls over into other days. But if you only have yeah. enough for that what that you can polish off <laughs> in one day until you go shopping at the end of the next week, Then
0: you're all right. Yeah, I think it helps. Yesterday we went out, and I think because we were hungry, we bought lots of stuff that we wanted, lots of savory stuff. Didn't buy many treats, which is going to be a problem when Cody has his dinner and it's like, What can we go for after his dad? And I'm like, Uh, Run around the garden. (laughs) Yeah, go and eat some grass. (laughs) We've got some scotch pancakes at the moment. You can have one of them. He's like, I don't like them. Shut up and eat it. Yeah, that was was a health pancake
1: in years, but you know, our friend uh, that's in the RAF. Yes, when we were in infant and junior schools, he, he he had scotch pancakes for lunch as part of his lunch every single day, and I just sit there and look at him like the rest of us were eating sandwiches and some made raisins. You're eating scotch pancakes. <laughs> what? I can never get my head around it.
0: Oh my just go, We we signed up to this to the earth and wheat bread box. Yeah. I think I've spoken about it before. Yeah, um, and one of the staples you get. I mean, we get it. I think we get it once a month now because um, the price started going up and I was like, yeah, we're we'll end up throwing a lot of this away. One of the state you get you get some kind of wrap, yeah. you get crumpets, you get some variation of Scotch pancake, scotch, buttermilk, yeah. something like that. And then you get like flatbreads and pitters and other various bits and pieces. Sounds awesome. It is really good because we do love our bread products in this house. Yeah, that's that's um, where the focaccias came from. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I didn't think you went out and <laughs> went,
1: oh, I fancy for catchers this week.
0: I I did do that, (laughs) which is why when I signed up for the bread box and I got for catches in my first one, I was like, I'm sold. That's it. (laughs) Make this a recurring payment because I'm hooked.
1: I think it's bread is one of like most people's downfall when it comes to being healthy. It's also a major cause of like IBS and stuff like
0: that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people struggle with oh, that yeah. but they eat it anyway because yeah. it's so good <laughs> <I> <laughs> so many one. forms <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> talking of the sleeping in I I I slept in today I didn't wake up till half past ten which is not like me whatsoever. No. I um I and I only woke up half ten because my mum came in and was like should probably be awake by now because I know you'll be <laughs> well annoyed if you if you wake up yes. and it's late. And I woke up and I was like, oh, fuck, I've got to redo the entire intro for today's episode, uh, podcast episode <laughs> and watch the film and make my notes. And I was like texting you,
0: like, can we, can we do it later, me. please? <laughs> it's funny because literally, like, I was walking, down, walking around downstairs doing something and Amy comes down and she's like, what time are you recording? I'm like, huh?" She's like, really? I was like, what? And she's like, why do you do this? I was like, you know what I'm like. I am the way of water. I just go with the flow. And I'm walking around the house. Lucy goosey, you know how it be. And she was like, yeah, but you need to know. And then I got my phone out and I was like, oh, 2.30. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, what? I was like, yeah, he's, he messaged me half an hour ago.
1: <laughs> I, um, I'm like Amy. Like yeah, I'm, I know. Everything is plan orientated. But I kind of, I have like a detached myself when it comes to the podcast <laughs> from... Because I'm not completely in control of it. Like, obviously, it's a 50-50 thing. <laughs> and I can make all the plans in the world, but like, I either have to convince you to go along with them <laughs> or I just have to accept
0: that they're not going to happen. Yeah, except when I suddenly text you, yeah, can we do it an hour later? Because I'm stuck in a queue in a yeah. shop.
1: <laughs> or can we do it tomorrow? Because something's come up. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> but like, I've had to kind of detach myself. But there is a loose basis to
0: it. Like... It was always going to be on on Sunday. You know, yeah, I know going it's to going to be Sunday, and it's sometime between
1: one and three. Yeah,
0: I, I usually assume it won't be before one, and it won't yeah. be any later than three. Yeah, so on yeah, a Sunday, we so have a, like, a
1: window. Yeah. As long as we do it within that window, it's still there is still some element of control.
0: And I, I, <laughs> set, I always set myself up so that all I need to do usually is write up my notes. Yeah. Everything else is done because I do my my research during the week. I watch the film Friday or Saturday during the day. So that come Sunday morning, the most I have to do is write up my notes and possibly the greeting because then I know that yeah. half an hour, bish-bash-bosh, I'm done. Ain't got to well, worry. Normally, everything's
1: done except for watching the film and making my notes, which I do on a Sunday <laughs> that's, morning. That's a
0: big part of, of the podcast.
1: <laughs> for you, not for the
0: person that has to come up with the first hour as well. doesn't like, have to be an hour. <laughs> we could do 90 minutes. We say we can do 90 minutes, even when we aim to do 90 minutes, we, we end up doing over two hours. Yeah. We're terrible. But yeah, so
1: I've been in a, we say dark place this week? A dark place. Lots of the dark universe. Garth Marenghi's <laughs> yeah, dark yeah. place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you went to a special hospital. I've been hanging out with Dalmamo a lot this week. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so my original intro, which I did yesterday morning, yeah. before my 10K walk, was dark as fuck. And I woke up this morning having watched this film last night and I was just like, no, no, I can't, I can't. This this is meant to be entertaining. No one wants to hear all my well-crafted
0: jokes about how I want to kill myself. <laughs> no, that was year one content. Yeah. We're on year four we've now. Moved, We're all about the enlightenment. We've moved forward from that. So <laughs> I
1: had to I cobbled together a new intro this morning. It does have some stuff uh in common with year one though. Oh, 'Cause it's basically all Is you just... gonna question
0: my sexuality <laughs> then? No, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's very much just filth. Oh nice, okay. So I could have got I, I, I have a, an intro that I wrote a few weeks ago that was it's just pure filth and smut. And I was like, No, no, I shall save that. I shall save that for a special intro. <laughs> uh, I should have t- I should have given you a heads up. <laughs> yeah, next time you need to do a smutty one, I'll bring out my smutty intro. Okay. <laughs>
1: okay. Right, so new sex toy uses chat GPT to narrate users' raunchy fantasies and vibrates in time.
0: That's
1: quite clever. Humanity is always looking to force itself forward to find ways to change the landscape, innovate, and invent. And that mindset clearly doesn't stop when it comes to the sex toy industry, which is exploring AI. Artificial intelligence has been integrated into a bizarre new sex toy. Love Ents, or Love Sense, sorry, as sometimes... You see it written, and it's Lovence. And sometimes you I've see it as I've seen
0: it referred to as Lovence.
1: Yeah, I think even later in this. Yeah, look, because that I can't paste this. So here it says Sense. Down here it says Lovence. And I yeah. like, just can't paste it. Maybe enough.
0: the company is Lovence, and the toy is Sense. Okay,
1: know. whichever one it is, it's hooked up Chat GPT <laughs> to a sex toy that is <laughs> called the Chat GPT Pleasure Companion. People tell their toy their sexual fantasies, and the AI then writes them a custom story. They can add as many elements to the customised fantasy as they like, including characters and locations. That story is then narrated while the toy vibrates in time with it. Lovence said, The higher the intensity of the story, the stronger and faster the toy's reaction will be. Speaking to TechCrunch, Dan Liu, CEO of Lovence, explained, our Advanced Lovence Chat GPT Pleasure Companion now allows you to design a story you want to embody any of your fantasies or dreams and to fully immerse you into them. With our companion's help, you can now create any stories and explore your sexuality and boundaries completely independently. Described as a means to explore your sexuality and boundaries completely independently, the design is currently in beta. People are asked to download an app to control the device. Four settings are offered to users. Romantic, sensual, juicy, or spicy.
0: (laughs) Ah, it's just like ordering a Nando's. I was
1: going to say, like, I understand what a romantic or sensual could be, although I do feel like more or less kind of fall
0: into more or less the same category. What is juicy? I don't know. Gopping.
1: People have been sharing their thoughts on the matter online. With one person saying. This is the good use of generative AI.
0: There we go. A second chipped in. That was Mr. Vanilla. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah. <laughs> it's more than a pleasure to It's your own personal erotica author. What why dream when you can script a third added chap GPT? It's what all the <clears throat> buzz is about. <laughs> uh, do you want one of, of these and a story about Antonio Banderas as your Christmas present? <laughs> this year?
0: Well, I like the idea of the story about Antonio Banderas. Um is it a good idea to be feeding ChatGPT all of our do- deepest, darkest sexual fantasies? Okay, okay. Question one was a joke.
1: <laughs> question two was, do you think this idea, And oh no, I sorry, question three, is there a way that the creators of ChatGPT could use your fantasies for their own financial gain or could someone hack it and use them to blackmail you?
0: That they are far more sensible concerns than I had, okay. which is come the AI uprising. It's gonna be bad enough that they're gonna have deathbots. I don't need a mistress deathbot, you know, kink shaming me whilst I'm being murdered. That's just above and beyond the pale, mate. You
1: know, if we'll have one of these, that that would be his story, right? <laughs> mistress deathbot.
0: There you go, Will. You can thank me later, mate. <laughs> big,
1: big titty goth, big titty goth, death death
0: mistress deathbot puts him in a puts him in a suplex hold. <laughs>
1: And to be fair, I had quite a lot. I had like a good half hour of coming up with like <laughs> questions about this this morning. So yeah, my idea, my like concerns probably are a bit more.
0: Yeah, as you say, we've, we've said this before about yeah. AI and ChatGPT and, and the, the potential pool of data. I mean, it's bad enough that they go around and they scrape the websites to yeah. get the content to feed the AI. But now you're actually giving it, very intimate personal details about your sexual preferences. And this all goes into a database somewhere. Yeah. And if you're downloading an app, that's not anonymous. No. So they tag who it is that has this particular sexual fantasy. And as you say, it, it's mildly nefarious that they may use it to target serv- <coughs> services or products, products to you. Yeah, like if
1: yours is, oh, I really want to be pegged, then, you know, suddenly a lot of your... A lot of the adverts on social media or other things could be, like, strap-ons. and.
0: I mean, they pretty much are anyway. Yeah. Strap-ons and ball gags. Yeah, I know. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. We're talking you, about normal people. talking about normal people, yeah. <laughs> not, per- um, not perverts. Not perverts. <laughs> um, do normal people use sexy chat GPT? I mean, I mean clearly they, they do, because otherwise this wouldn't be a big big thing, and they wouldn't no. be talking to TechCrunch about it.
1: No. But, <laughs> like, I this, yeah, it's the idea that, like, if you're – I don't know, married and you got
0: kids, but you've always been curious about what it'd be like to be with a man, right? Yeah, you're you're feeding ChatGPT your BBC fucking domination fantasies, and then
1: suddenly you get an email
0: one day, and it's like, if you don't want your wife to know that you want to get
1: ragged out by a BBC, <laughs> like I'd send me some money. Like we talked about it before. What yeah. was it? The chastity sex toy? Yes, where it locked and you can, you had to pay you someone, to, pay to, pay someone to get out of it. Yeah, like. <clears throat> Anytime you put your information, your personal information, into an app or any any digital
0: like on the internet or whatever, yeah. somebody can hack that's, that. That's 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 stored somewhere, yeah. and at the end of the day, it's behind a password. There are other layers and and other checks and measures in place, but essentially, someone gets that password, they get access to that information with your name. Appended to it. I don't think I'm
1: being alarmist if I was to say that hackers are normally one step ahead of the people that are trying to.
0: It's a yeah. It's a constant. Protect. It's a yeah. constant battle. Both sides being at the bleeding edge. Yeah. One one might get the get one over the other one for a few days before that one catches up, yeah. and it's constantly doing that. And it only needs to be a few a days. It only days, needs to be yeah. a few hours. And they
1: can download all the information about anybody.
0: Yeah. And, and these just, are just, you know, everyone, so many fucking little fly by night crypto bros and shit have got access to these resources, these chat GPT and other generative yeah. AI resources with this information there. All it takes is one of them doing the wrong thing, grabbing a copy of that database, sticking it in their fucking box or in their fucking email, which has a password of change me one, two, three. Yeah. <coughs> Bosh. All of that information for potentially thousands or hundreds of thousands of people is in the hands of nefarious actors, and you're getting emails saying, we know what you you want. Do you want us to tell your wife? No. Yeah. Send me some Bitcoin, buddy. Yeah. I mean, we're in the wrong job. We should be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> First up, Will, we know what you want. <laughs> Everyone knows what Will wants. We've seen his fucking Facebook feed. He's he's not shy about it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, do you think this idea is as hot in reality as they're making it out to be
0: i don't know possibly i'm not sure like it sounds like it depends what oh you're my... into yeah, if, if you yeah. if you enjoy that sort of thing i mean the reactive sex toy sounds good listening to chat gpt reading that out to me as well yeah that's not my bag no uh, uh, yeah i don't I don't read to get off
1: <laughs> no, no in my experience, men get turned on by what they see, but women yes. get
0: turned on by what they hear and judging from this, the fact that it's a love end, yeah. that's generally a female usage toy yeah so, so i i <clears throat> we're not the target audience, no
1: to a degree, but at the same time, like we talked about this on other things like when we talked about the AI seance like it's got to be part of you and it knows it's not real,
0: yeah, but we all know porn isn't real. That doesn't stop us. No, but we're men. You, you know half you of your, se- <laughs> you know half your sexual partners' orgasms aren't real, but that doesn't stop you. Oh, you still cry. Yeah, Man, I'm feeling generous. 10%. You've had a rough week. Yeah. <laughs> You've had a rough week. I'm being generous <laughs> here.
1: <laughs> but um, on whilst we're on uh, the subject of fraud, I've been meaning to bring this up. <laughs> if anyone lives in Harlow, do not. A, for anything at the SO Garage at Bushfair with a card. They will fraud you. They frauded me about three weeks ago.
0: Oh, they still doing that?
1: Yeah. Fucking hell. Well, they frauded me 20 years ago. I got really fucked over. But this was before there was a lot of checks and balances in place. Yeah. And they ragged me for about two and a half, three grand. And I had to go to the bank and explain it. And the bank gave me all the money back. Yeah. And everything. But... Um this time I stopped literally on my way here to record a podcast to grab something, mm. paid by card, and I were like, Oh, sorry, uh, it didn't work. Can you put the card in? Uh. So I put the card in. Next thing I know, I going from recording the podcast, and my no, the next morning my phone had been blown up all night with like, you tried to do this, was this you? You tried to do this, <laughs> this was this you? And it seemed like someone was like seven different um. Payments to Apple for different services, different uh, apps and stuff that was so not me, to use your card. and all kinds of shit. And I'm like, <coughs> I, I spent ages on the phone, like that wasn't me, that, that was wasn't me. me, that wasn't that me. Wasn't yeah, me. yeah. So now, you've, like, if you want to go there, just pay in cash. I know it's a problem. Shout out uh,
0: Bushfair Garage.
1: Yeah, Bushfair Esso Garage.
0: Bushfair Garage. I don't use them because they're so horrendously overpriced for everything. Everything from fuel right the way down to the snacks and the shit they've got in there. Shady motherfuckers. Yeah. Well, there you go. Public service announcement.
1: Public service announcement. Do not use a card in there. Stop it. If you have to go there, there's a cash point there. Withdraw we'll the money and pay by cash
0: That'll probably scan your card as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bloke who gave girlfriend lingerie clad lap dance faces five years in jail. Wait, what? Live streamer. Ice Poseidon has been told that he can't leave Thailand until he faces a judge in 2024 after offending public decency with with a bizarre lingerie-clad lap dance. One of the most popular YouTube live streamers in the world, Ice Poseidon, is facing jail after running into trouble with Thai police by performing a lingerie-clad lap dance for his girlfriend in a Bangkok restaurant. The streamer, real name, Paul Denino. Has had multiple run-ins with law enforcement due to his insistence on live streaming everything he does, leading his fans to call in fake bomb threats and active shooter reports everywhere he goes. (laughs) His latest escapade was triggered when he started dancing in front of a girlfriend, uh, of his girlfriend, Kimberly, in the Thai restaurant wearing just a sheer body stocking. The furious restaurant owner stormed in and told Denino and his group that they cannot do this in Thailand. She told them to stop filming and demanded that they hand over their passports. Uh, the restaurant manager had also called the local police, it later emerged, and Danino and his entourage were arrested. <laughs> uh, mugshot with pressured admission of guilt and apology, he wrote. Guilty of what? No idea. No one telling me what the law was. I broke. Which is terrible English. Uh, he says he later found out he was being charged with distribution of obscene content because the lap dance was streamed he added that Kimberly is actually facing the most heat because police said her dress was showing too much breast and it was too sexual for the public Danino said that after being arrested he had been thrown into a filthy cell and given a bucket with poop already in it to use as a toilet he posted an abject apology on Twitter saying I did not know the severity of the actions that I have caused and I was just trying to have fun. I'm sorry, we were drunk, we were in a room. I just didn't understand the severity of what I've done. Danino has since shared updates on Discord claiming he had to pay everyone's bail, which amounted to $12,000 and that he could be stuck in Thailand until the case comes to court next year. We all face heavy charges with a lot of jail time, he said. If I get five years, I'm just going to kill myself. I will not be able to survive Ty Jail, he told his fans. He told them that he didn't feel able to stream more content until the trial was (laughs) resolved. I'm in mental torment, he said. I cannot be myself. Could you ever see yourself so desperate for attention and or fame that you would live stream your entire life?
0: Fuck that, mate. I can't see... uh, I don't do enough interesting things to to live stream it to start with. You know, they don't need to spend – they don't even see, like, nine hours of me sat at my desk yeah. fixing IT problems. Oh, just, like, streaming. Taking a shit, streaming. I mean, I don't need to stream me streaming because no I'm much. streaming. No one gets to see the recording process here because it's all wreathed in mystery and, yeah. and secrets. Yeah. And if one of us wants to dress up or do our hair or we just do that. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys never get to see it. No. <laughs>
1: Would you want to watch someone stream their entire life? Sure, it's better to just have short, cultivated streams or episodes.
0: Now, I've thought about this because I quite like I'm a bit of a people watcher. Yeah. Um I love that's one of the reasons I spend so much time when I'm a holiday, sat on the balcony. Because I love like I love the views anyway, but I love the people watching. I Also, really like some of the live cams from around the world. Oh, okay. One of my go to's is um, I can't remember the name of the place, it's in uh, Tokyo, one of their entertainment districts. Okay, and they've got live cameras set up because it's one of their iconic places. And often, if I'm working on something, I'll put that on in the background as noise, it's like a window out into somewhere else. Yeah, so a little bit of light, like voyeurism, but actually watching someone's entire life. I think most of the time (coughs) There's a novelty to it that very quickly wears off. Yeah,
1: I can understand watching many people go about their daily life Mm. for a short period of time, being quite interesting to see mannerisms and and how people do certain things. But to
0: follow just one person... One person just going through their their day-to-day life. It just seems... Bits of it, yeah, I can understand. Interesting bits or even just... The first time you see them do, this is what I do here, this is what I do there, but blah, blah, blah. fair enough. If yeah. you watch them do the same thing. Every day. Day in, day out, that's just boring. That's just your own life through a camera. Like, if I was
1: <coughs> to come here, like, before we went live, I talked you through my week and how shit yeah. it was, right? That would not be entertaining. No. Like, you're only, like, I only told you because you're slightly invested in my life and, like, you know, my well-being. <laughs> but, like, if I actually sat here and was to talk about my real life on mic every single week, it wouldn't be entertaining. It wouldn't be interesting to anyone. That's why I had to create the Reggie character. Who's <laughs> That's why we have larger, our, streaming,
0: uh, our recording personas.
1: Yeah, which is larger than life, which allows me to make shit up, which allows me to claim things that I know aren't real just for the sake of, like,
0: you know. Entertainment.
1: Entertainment. But the idea of somebody watching my actual everyday life yeah. is so boring.
0: Yeah. Even, even like you know, really prolific streamers and YouTubers, they'll do their their daily vlogs or whatever. But as you say, they are curated. Yeah. and it, it, They either have specific topics they're going to talk about or <coughs> they, they're doing specific things. Mm. And they, com- they compact their entire day down into like a 15-minute video because that's the only interesting bits.
1: Yeah. Like the podcast is – this podcast is – Especially, two hours of what we want you to hear. Yeah. Every week, it's not a real life diary of our lives or anything
0: like that. If you watch like the the what fucking eight or nine hours we each spend preparing for this podcast every week,
1: it would be boring as fuck. It would just be me like sat on my bench at work making stuff, thinking, "What can I talk about this week? (laughs) (laughs) What have we not talked about? How what what angle can I use to talk about this? It would just
0: be me sat there going, "Click." No, I need to cut that. I need to insert that sound yeah. effect there. Turn this bit up. No, cut that bit. Delete that bit. Oh, I've got to bleep that out. It just, yeah, no, I, I don't,
1: yeah, I don't, no, mate, it's just, not for me. Yeah, I don't get it. In a city where you can watch women popping pong balls out of their you-know-what. Yeah. Is this guy being punished for being too sexual because it's a guy in lingerie? Yes. Yeah,
0: They've still got some very, I don't want to say backwards, but I'm going to say backwards. Views on that sort of thing in
1: a world in a in a country where I saw gorgeous women and found out later on that they were actually uh, <laughs> um, lady boys, lady boys, and you would never have known. Nope. Like, how can a guy in lingerie be too? I
0: just. It doesn't make sense. Well, it it does because he looks like a guy in lingerie. Yeah, I suppose yeah. if they don't look like a guy in lingerie, either they can turn a blind eye to it and yeah. say, "I just assumed." Or, you know, it's like the Twitch thing, isn't it? You know, if you're a Titty streamer and you bring in and you bring in the monies, oh your boobs fell out. Mm, well that should be a lifetime permanent ban for you and any other account you make. But it'll only be a three day ban because you bring in the money. They know oh, the lady boys bring in the money. Yeah. So they're like, Yeah, we you know, you that doesn't count. Those laws don't apply to you. Yeah, it's funny that like, you know, in a country
1: where Gary Glitter went so he could like, you know, have sex with children. Mm-hmm
0: they about. They're gonna like. They've arrested a man for wearing lingerie in public. Yeah, go figure. Yeah, not funny. <laughs> it's bizarre, right? And like, I love that.
1: Like, I'm not sitting here trying to disparage it. I love that country. I would go like, as we discussed before
0: as a part of me that wants to go and live there. <laughs> Just fuck off and go and live <laughs> yeah.
1: there. Not in a monastery. Not
0: you know. Yeah, not like in a way, no Um, Rother me on the other hand i'd move to the ladyboy brothel and have a hell of a time did i tell you when i was out there um
1: outside mcdonald's they had this like bench with a real life like well plastic ronald mcdonald's sitting there (laughs) i'm sure i posted a picture i think you did yeah but it was the creepiest thing i've ever seen yeah in such a beautiful country it was the creepiest thing i've ever seen You
0: used to get them quite often I've yeah, have never seen one in this country, definitely in this country. Yeah, well, they got rid of the whole on McDonald thing. Yeah, clowns like, are creepy.
1: Have you seen their memes where they're like, uh, my childhood McDonald's and McDonald's today? Yeah. And they show like, like it was full of colourful characters. And yeah. Everything was fun. And now today it's just... it looks just, like a coffee
0: shop. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. the old, um, the big plastic tables, the kids' tables, and the little mushroom yeah. stalls. Yeah. Yeah. The kids' section. You could tell your, where your parents are going, like, yeah, go, there's, there's your burger, go and sit in the kids' section. Yeah. And we're going to sit over here and enjoy our food.
1: <laughs> well, we can smoke.
0: <laughs> well, we can smoke, yeah, yeah. with a little tinfoil ashtrays. Yeah. Did you know they sell for big money on eBay? I bet they do, yeah. Yeah, they're collector
1: items now. I bet, yeah. I saw, actually, I saw the best meme this morning. It said, I come from an age where craft time at school was making a ceramic ashtray yes. <laughs> and thinking that's a nice present to give someone that's a nice present yeah. to give someone yeah i was like i did Some... i made a ceramic ashtray yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: here's somewhere to put your cancer sticks yeah. dad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right finally sex trends.
0: saucy brits admit they're dying to try anyway i love how you kind of went no no my intro's too dark i just need to talk about sex <laughs> Oh, to, these are the two places that reggie's mind goes ladies and gentlemen suicide and sex
1: I, they're not mutually exclusive <laughs> they're they? not mutually
0: exclusive no
1: no i had to couple it together this morning and still make my notes on the film so <laughs> i found like the first couple of things i found to talk about yeah. were filth because everything else to, was going to take way too, way much too time long yeah for me to sort out uh right finally Sex trends: saucy Brits admit they're dying to try from pegging to cuckolding. According to him and hers, let's talk about sex. The 2023 UK report more than two thirds, 67% of are interested in sex trends. They haven't tried ranging from sexual voyeurism to solo poly polyamory. Brits aren't just thinking about dabbling with new positions as they want a lot more. Right. I cut out the rest of the uh, article and I've just got the list of things that people want to try.
0: Get to the real meat and two
1: veg. We're going to go through them, and you're going to tell me if you've got any interest in it and you're going to try and gauge the percentage of Brits. That we're going to mix it
0: up here. You're going to tell us as well. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Good, I'm just making sure. <laughs> people, right. The people need to know, Reggie. Yeah. They need to know how to woo you. <laughs> <laughs> in that case, what I'll do
1: is I'll lie... So then I'll know who's just using you know who off. should
0: yeah.
1: As yeah. <laughs> a way to try and woo me and who's actually interested <laughs> in me. Ah, uh,
0: you gotta walk the line. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's like I love TSD too. No, you don't. Um digital legal sex work. How what percentage of Brits want to get paid to perform sexually on a legal online platform such as OnlyFans? Seventy percent. You think our country's way more perverted than it actually is? Okay, nine percent.
0: Nine percent of the motherfuckers—that's easy money.
1: Of the people that were,
0: of oh, the people that were, laughed, yeah, obviously. I would, I would absolutely do that if there was people enough people in the world who would pay to watch me get off on camera. I'd sack in all this it like I'd sack in this fucking podcasting. No, luck. you wouldn't. No, I'd keep the podcasting, yeah, man. because but the podcast would advertise your own. Would fans. advertise, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, if I thought I could live on an OnlyFans. I absolutely fucking would. I would do that tonight. (laughs) Um, No one wants to see a middle-aged me prancing around. If I... Like, I have
1: no qualms about, like, earning my money that way. Mm. My qualms would be that I'm not confident enough in myself (laughs) to do it. So if I was an attractive woman or an attractive guy, and I had no, like, body dysmorphia or any of that shit... Yeah. Absolutely. If someone was going to pay me to just to watch me masturbate every day
0: yeah you want to pay me 30 grand a month to, to masturbate and put things in my butt yeah fucking sign up buddy
1: yeah you can find him doing
0: that on his <laughs> uh, chat <Chattabay laughs> channel
1: as mentioned in year one
0: <laughs> touching slags.com
1: <Yeah. laughs> right Cockold him.
0: him
1: what percentage of brits like the idea of making their partner watch them cheat with another person outside the relationship you see, <laughs> to the enjoyment of all parties.
0: <laughs> my answers to this are just going to reveal my sexual proclivities because I, 2%? Just lie. Oh, all of them. Everyone oh, yeah. enjoys that, don't
1: they? 10%.
0: 10 per- that, wait, so more people would prefer to watch their partner being fucked than would prefer yeah. to have people pay to watch them. Fuck. That's weird. It is, right? That is so bizarre. That. In a world not where you me. can
1: knock up every morning and go to a job where you're you know, like other people make the rules and yeah, that stuff, you can literally just stay in bed all fucking stay day, in bed and, touching and yourself and get paid for and it. And people
0: will pay, but more people will prefer to watch their misses get fucked by Dave down the road.
1: Yeah.
0: Do, do you think weird?
1: <laughs> do you think a rising holding has come from the easily accessible porn in the world?
0: Probably, yeah. Cuckled in is is quite popular in
1: porn. Not just that, but if if you get used to watching other people other fuck. people fuck, yeah. right? And but you're really but the, the woman you're most attracted to in the world is your partner.
0: Yeah, I suppose for the you that's a that form of
1: somebody else fucking her, it'd be like watching porn personalised, personalised porn. Personalized porn, you, right?
0: yeah. Maybe. Although this is worth I mean, this is things people want to try, not yeah. necessarily saying I can imagine a lot of that ten percent. Oh yeah, once they tried it, no. I think that the actual number of people who would enjoy it is much lower. Oh yeah, probably be like one percent. Yeah, because that's a very niche thing. It is because, like, there are so many. It's going to be me being the one fucking someone who someone else is watching. I wouldn't even like. I've learned from my forty-one years on this earth that you do not want to be put in the middle of somebody else's relationship drama. I've I've learned through my 41 years in this earth that I'll put my dick in most things. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could give it the big I am and say I absolutely wouldn't do that. No, I would stand on my morals, but get me drunk or too horny and I'll fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I've I've made some mistakes from being too horny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, but, and you start thinking with the wrong head. Yeah.
1: Um. <laughs> I think the problem with cock-holding is I think no one's prepared. Everybody thinks, oh, I fuck my partner like no one else fucks my partner. Like I know everything she likes. Like I'm so good at getting her off. No one's prepared for some stranger to walk in the room and make her scream loud. Do a better job. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then suddenly there's a level of jealousy, and you're like, fuck. It's the emotional impact, the emotional damage (laughs) that uh, people aren't prepared for. Right? How many Brits
1: uh, want to do consensual? Exhibitionism. Uh how many want to be seen naked barbers or been or be seen engaging in sexual activities,
0: barbers I reckon that's gotta be higher. It's gotta be at least twenty percent, I reckon.
1: Ten percent. Ten percent. It's the same as on I mean, him yeah. I,
0: I hasten to add that's not for me. I'm not an exhibition.
1: I mean, the man that was <laughs> just like, oh, I would fuck myself on camera for Oh uh, yeah, time.
0: no, I would do it on camera. Doing it in public is that's not for me. I don't I like
1: being out, I don't that, like being outside. It says want to be seen naked by others or be seen engaging in sexual activities by others. Oh, okay then. Not publicly. You have to be in the same room. It could just be you film yourself fucking Amy and then get off when you put it on Pornhub and watch how many views it gets.
0: No, oh, okay, yeah, definitely. Or
1: read the comments of people being like,
0: "Oh my god, I'm oh that my god, so like, hot that vampire." Yeah.
1: <laughs> you
0: could gain <get> a consensual <laughs> exhibition. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'd do some of that. I don't have the confidence in myself to. So, if, if I could swing it with Amy, we'd already be doing that, mate. I'd be retired. Yeah. <laughs> right, what about
1: solo polyamory? Uh, Is that how, gang many, bangs? how many Brits fancy multiple sexual or intimate partners without a goal of a monogamous relationship or
0: romantic partnership? 100%. It's a lot lower. Really? 11%. Only 11%. People, did they ask the most prudish
1: people in the world? I am in this 11%. I would, I, I am absolutely open to the idea of potty. Yeah,
0: I would just, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I've got nothing, I'm quite happy in my relationship. Yeah, of course. Yeah, this is all hypothetical. If I were to come out of my relationship yeah. and be a free agent, I would not be looking to settle down with someone, at least for the for foreseeable future. I would just want to fuck anyone and everything. Which,
1: get see, I. Yeah, here we go again. It's Sunday. It's Sunday. It's not raining. I haven't had a phase where I was just fucking anybody I could. Like I come to the conclusion that it's not as fun, no, right, as you as you think when you're in a relationship like that, <laughs> yeah. and not getting laid. Yeah, like I wish I could just fuck anyone, but it's not the same. What appeals to me about a polyamorous relationship is that you get to know the person. Yeah. And you're, it's less like when you're just turned, when you've, when you match with someone on an app and two hours later, like you're, you're going around there for a booty call. Yeah. It's awkward. It's, there's a certain level of anxiety because you don't know the person. You don't know the
0: person. Yeah. You've
1: never been to their place before. You don't know what's actually waiting for you on the other side of that door. (laughs) Yeah. And then you get in and both, both parties are nervous Neither party really knows what the other one wants or yeah. is gonna enjoy it. But in a polyamorous relationship, you kind of get the You ben-
0: know your sexual partners. Yeah, yeah. You get
1: the the benefit of getting to know them, getting what to know what they like, being comfortable around them. Yeah. And then you get the the, the thing of being like, Okay, so I can do that with you and then I can go see someone else. And I can go
0: to someone else yeah. and do yeah. So yeah. I, that, I totally, I, I would be open to that. It's just friends with benefits with lots of friends, effectively. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. you know the person, and odds are, uh, there are obviously going to be hate fucks and people that you would maintain oh, yeah. in that circle for that reason. But the, for the large part, you're going to be friends to some degree. Yeah. Especially if, it, if this continues over time, because yeah. it's kind of unavoidable. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe it's only like such a small percentage. I thought yeah. there would be a lot more.
1: Yeah, me too. Pegging. Pegging. How many Brits want to perform anal sex on
0: someone else by penetrating them with a strap on? Is the that's oh, is that that's that's the female end of it. or well, that's the giver. Yeah, Rather that's take her, how fair. many want to fuck how many that's, people want
1: that's the percentage they've given us. They haven't given us the how many people How many want, want to, be, to be
0: pegged? Yeah.
1: So I guess I asked women this. Yeah.
0: My my fucking guesses have been way off. Yeah. So all right, fifty percent. Eleven. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Eleven. Seriously. Per-
1: like. Did 11, they just go around the old people's home I or something? I think so. Eleven percent of women want to try being the top.
0: Well, I never. I'd have expected that to be way higher.
1: Yeah, I think in twenty twenty three, I would expect more women to be like,
0: no, fuck it, right? Equality. Equality. <laughs>
1: And I expect yeah, more men to be. Like, come here, big boy. I expect more men to be like, do you know what? Fuck it. I'm done putting in all the effort. Yeah, I'm doing done all doing, all the doing the work. hard work. Like you just lay there. Like, come on, your turn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you want me to go on top? Right, you're getting three seconds, just like you give me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh what percentage of Brits uh want to get into sugar relationships? Uh, <laughs>
0: One hundred percent.
1: What percentage want a mutual beneficial relationship in which one partner offers financial or material gain in return for companionship or intimacy from another?
0: I would again. I would probably say much higher than the, this answer will be because yeah. I think I'm beginning to think this survey was bullshit. Um, did they like do it at like a Quaker meet or something? I have no Go idea. Go and talk to some fucking Mormons. Um, no, because Mormons are like. Like Yeah, but they aren't in the pegging. They have <laughs> multiple wives, like,
1: don't they? So they, they must be able to try multiple things.
0: Well, you would think. Yeah. Um, I don't know, 30%? 13.
1: 13. 13%. My, I
0: need to temper my expectations, clearly.
1: Like, <clears throat> I know they're called sugar relationships these days, but is it not just the way the world's always worked? The more money and the more famous you are, the... Easier it is to have the sex and yeah, not have to I suppose.
0: Come but th- usually, the the rich and the famous people just take advantage of that, and they will they just have multiple one night stands. Effectively, yeah. this is getting into a committed relationship of a sort where one person literally, you know, showers money and gifts upon the other and supports them financially just for it. Like we see with rich old people. I don't know anything <laughs> about
1: this, right? But do you think there's a Like a, what's the word? Like a, (laughs) what is it when you say, right? A equals MC squared. What is that called?
0: What? (laughs) E equals equals MC MC squared. squared. Uh, That's, that's the theory of relativity. No, not
1: no. What what is the, what is that called? If you were to write it down, like,
0: Uh, is that algebra?
1: Oh, right. Is there an equation?
0: Equation, right, okay. Between
1: <clears throat> money and sexual favours. Is it a case of like Oh, right, absolutely Yeah. You spend 10 grand on me this week, that means you get one blowjob, one lot of full sex, and I'll be seen in public looking done. Like, I don't on think they once.
0: usually break it down quite so no? Clearly because that's basically an escort. At that point you are just you're just paying yeah but for what? An if,
1: yeah, but then <clears throat> Like what keeps it fair? If you buy a girl like hundred grand's worth of Louis Vuitton handbags, and she's like, "I'll give you a blowjob," that doesn't seem. Then well, you kick to
0: that me. bitch to the curb and find someone else. Usually, in these relationships, uh, the person with the money has the Dictates. choice. Yeah, largely, okay. and the person the, the 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 sugar baby basically, if if it if it's an old man who likes to you know da- likes to watch you dance or something that's what they will do. And they find out what the person wants. It's normally the person, the sugar baby that's doing the manipulating because they're literally just doing something they don't really care about and reaping the benefits of it. It's more to the benefit of the the older person or the person with the money because it's not always an older person. Like it would be with me and Taylor Swift. Of course. When I find when she becomes my sugar mummy, (laughs) I will, you know, um, I, I will be her little love baby and she will just shower me with gifts uh, while I do things that allow her to write more albums, so <laughs> fuck her over. <laughs> fuck her over, yeah. Basically,
1: upset. Her. <laughs> be amused. But what I'm a sorry. six! What a six months that will be. <laughs> How about dry dating? What percentage of Brits are looking to date without drinking alcohol or taking other substances?
0: Judging by these previous uh, percentages, all of them. Because none of them want to have fun. This is one I could wholeheartedly get into. Having a relationship without no. substances. Try dating.
1: Fourteen percent. So
0: fourteen percent, I think.
1: (laughs) Right, fourteen percent of Brits are looking to date without drinking alcohol or taking other
0: substances. Oh, so actually going on the dates. Okay, I mean,
1: I could. This, yeah,
0: absolutely one
1: hundred percent could get into this. My
0: anxiety. I thought you meant they would be having relationships without any alcohol or substances. Well, there are a lot of sober living people out there. When
1: you go, if you're on one of these apps. Like every other woman you look at. It's like, I love coming home and having a bottle of wine or let's go for a drink, let's do this, let's do that. And I I'm looking at them like, we're not like I don't drink. So <laughs> yeah, how's this gonna work? Whereas when <laughs> you see the ones that are like, I'm into sober. It
0: works. We know, we know a couple like that.
1: So, so how long have they been together? Years. Well then, like they've come to build a situation in the works yeah. for both of them, though, right? But if you first going out and you're meeting someone and they're like, let's go drinking, and you're like, oh, I don't really want to drink. I'd rather go, you know, for a walk through the forest or do something, like, you know, you need sober. Sh-
0: what you want is a straight-edge dating app. Yeah. My <laughs> <laughs> like, God, that'd be a boring like,
1: app. We we know someone who lives around the corner, right? Mm. Who sober living these days. Yeah. Like, it can't be easy for that person to find other people... That want to go and do
0: stuff that doesn't include alcohol? I don't know. It depends on the age of the people. I do most of my life without alcohol or substances these days because I'm 41 and I can't handle alcohol or substances. <laughs> yeah, but. Much if, as I may like them.
1: If you were going out for a drink with someone you've met on an app, like, would you not think. Oh, well, would you going out on a date? Would you not think,
0: right, i have a couple of beers to loosen me up? Oh, absolutely not. No, I know what I'm courage. like when I've had a few drinks. Yeah. I-, I want to give a good impression. I don't want to fucking get there and be flopping my balls out on the table in the pub to try and impress them.
1: No, God, no. Reminds me of the conversation we had at your party about... <laughs> How I could no, 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 it was at the barbecue last <laughs> week. Barbecue about last about week. how I could identify your, their body just by your,
0: just by my balls,
1: because I've I, really,
0: so I wasn't. Times. By the way, guys, I wasn't even there at the time. Yeah. I was in the house. I come back out, and they've had this conversation in my absence. So it's, like,
1: it's not my fault. You <laughs> said just whip them out all the time, and then
0: uh it was the man from Del Monte's fault. He so, started it. Yeah,
1: someone else was just like. um So I hear one's
0: bigger than the other, and I'm
1: like, yeah. And he like, you should tell him to go to a doctor.
0: <laughs> so I love this I love this my friends just having and there are people that I haven't seen in years yeah. A bit, some of them I barely even know and there they are discussing my nuts. oh well, you put my hand to the world this is what happens kids keep your keep your bits in your boxes when you're younger because it will come back to haunt you 20 years later now here's one I can
1: firmly get behind what percentage of Brits would like to cry after sex <laughs> Sexual voyeurism. uh, The enjoyment of observing others while they are engaging in sexual
0: Right, now, I know, regardless of what that percentage is, I know that it's bollocks.
1: Yeah, because we all... Because, like,
0: what? Majority
1: of... 90% of people
0: on this planet uh, have or do enjoy porn. Yes. I can guarantee that every man they have interviewed or asked this question for this thing has watched porn and enjoyed it at some point. So, So... Do you think there's a
1: difference between watching porn and then actually being I in I think a they're, they're making the, the distinction, distinction between yeah.
0: porn and being there in person watching a live sex show or dogging or something yeah. like that so I think that's going to be that's a much lower number I'm going I'm to temper my expectations and say 12% 16% 16% uh, right that's it I don't want to live <laughs> yeah. in this country anymore I don't know these people at all I could more people would like to watch people fucking in a car park than be watched.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because if because if You can get
0: paid if you're being watched. What is wrong with you people? Not in a car park. No, true, but I wouldn't do it in a car park. I'm a classy fuck. If you got so
1: <laughs> you've got no interest in sexual voyeurism unless there's financial payment.
0: Unless there's unless there's financial recompense, I'm not interested. You
1: don't get turned on just by the sheer idea that someone else is getting turned on watching you. No. No?
0: Nope. I don't think... I'm uh, a very selfish person, okay? You should have established this by now. Oh, I know. (laughs) I'm a very selfish... I'm not necessarily a selfish lover, but I'm a selfish person. And if I'm not getting paid or getting mine, I'm out.
1: Fair enough. I, I... I think I could indulging a little watching i don't think i would like to get watched. No. but i think I it could...
0: just seems a little bit seedy to me a little bit dirt, a little bit grubby not dirty just a little bit grabby you know middle aged people meeting in car parks at, at parks late at night to watch someone's wife get bummed or something it just seems a little bit i don't know yeah but there's there are other other ways about it like if you go to amsterdam you can go to it still just seems grubby to yeah. me yeah strip clubs are the same it's just dirty oh, old yeah, I men. Like strip I mean, that's just a, this, the next step of that, isn't it? If you don't enjoy strip clubs, no, arguably you're not going to enjoy it. No, because there's a difference. Strip clubs
1: are women. I've only ever been to a... <laughs> yeah, I've only women, ever been to a,
0: a female one.
1: Who are making money yeah, by dancing true.
0: for you, right?
1: And the more titillating they are, the more money the they're more money get. The more money they
0: get, yeah.
1: In this context... The people actually having the sex are getting turned on by being watched. Yeah. So just by you being there, watching them, you are making them yeah. enjoy themselves more.
0: Not for me, I don't no?
1: think. Okay. Dom sub-relationships. What percentage of Brits are looking for a relationship with a consensual power and balance consisting of a dominant and a submissive partner. Uh, I don't think we need to discuss whether...
0: <laughs> arguably... <not laughs> I'm into this. Arguably, every relationship falls into that to some degree. Yes. Admittedly, it may change on like a nightly basis, but there is always a dominant partner. Um, People willing to admit that? Probably a lot less. 14?
1: 17%.
0: 17%. Yeah.
1: And about, I would say the majority world. of them are women because... In my experience of like I've talked to a lot of women in the last couple of years and eighty-five percent of them Mm. are like, oh no, I'll submit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I yeah, we don't have to discuss whether or not I'm into this because I think we I think think we have we have quite firmly
0: established Um, that.
1: What do you think is behind that? Like I know that they say like a lot of politicians Yeah. Are into submitting because their daily lives—they're
0: very, they're they're very dominant, very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: in, sexually, they like to just go and give up all. But do you think there's anything
0: else behind like the rise in people wanting to? I think into it, that? it's a it's a sexual freedom thing. People feel more comfortable trying these sorts of things, and as with most things. Try it, you might like it. And I think a lot of people have tried it and gone, oh, no, actually, I like this. I like that time I got tied up. I like that time I got tied up. I like that time I tied that person up. Um, I liked both. Um, Yeah, I think more people are open to trying that sort of thing. And that seems to be one of the more common Sexual proclivities oh, is ah, either liking to be yeah. dominated or to dominate because people fall into those roles naturally mm. without without any conscious thought. You, if you find two sexual partners, they will usually, once the going gets going, they'll. I don't know what I'm doing with my yeah. hands here. Um, they will one of them will become dominant and one of them will become submissive, and it's just a natural thing that happens. So yeah. I think people just kind of lean into that. It's it is natural in most.
1: Sexual relationships that there will be a dominant and a Naturally, submissive. most relationships,
0: most most human interactions will have one dominant and one submissive.
1: But do you think it's more common now that
0: people are taking it that step further and introducing the the BDSM the, side, in, of side of it? Yeah, I think that's that BDSM has become the more the, the acceptable kink. Do you think things like Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah, oh, absolutely, have made it far more kind of pedestrian. Much as you know that that book was hot garbage, and I don't mean hot as in sexy, as I mean it was steaming because it was festering. Um, but I think that was an eye opener to a lot of people. Yeah, I just think it made it. It demystified it and made yeah. it more pedestrian, Made it more made mainstream, it
1: more acceptable for people to be like, Oh no, I'm into this.
0: Suddenly, people are getting clothes, pegs, and washing line and taking them into the bedroom yeah. because oh, I read it in this book and that, that was really hot. Let's try it. And yeah, it's become, like I said, mundane almost.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like there was a time in human history where it was taboo to give a blowjob.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, still I can't fucking taboo it.
1: in my house. <laughs> Hi, Amy. <laughs> well, this is what happens when you, like, you go ghost hunting on your own and don't invite me. Um,
0: <laughs> you piece
1: of shit. <laughs> finally, what percentage of British people want to indulge in role play? How many want to engage in a fantasy scenario with a partner, such as acting like strangers, teacher, student,
0: or oh, other this people? Has got to be a higher number this this is uh, this is even more popular than than the 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 subdom thing 35% oh so close 32% oh there we go knew it if, do you have any particular role playing scenarios that you would like to indulge or have indulged yeah i get amy to put on the long black wig and speak in a spanish accent <laughs> so you can strap on yeah Yep, she gets out the Hispanic-coloured strap-on. Ah, Vampire Laruni. We eat paella. (laughs) Drink sangria.
1: And afterwards, you're like, oh, my God, are you meant to be Antonio Banderas, not Salma Hayek."
0: Yeah, i mean, hey, mate, I'll take either. I don't care. That's a
1: Hispanic sandwich I'd love to be in the middle of. I was... I was talking to someone at one point, and they suggested the the hooker John role play. Oh, never, okay, never went through with it, but I was I was asked to, to do that. But I find I don't think I've been in a sexual situation where I think I could really commit to role play.
0: I think I would just just <laughs> muddy the waters <laughs> a little bit. I think that's why people do it. Because if you if you've been in a long term relationship and you've been with someone for oh, years, of course, years, yeah, 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 it mixes it up, it spices things up a little bit, um, which I think is why it's so popular. Yeah. Because monogamy obviously is is the norm for relationships, but if for a couple of hours you can be fucking someone who's not your regular sexual partner, even though they actually are, yeah, yeah, but it's
1: if that sex is, if like you yeah, have all the build up is all very like amateur <laughs> dramatics, yeah. And then you get down to it, and it's and basically just the same just sex, the same sex you've been
0: having for just in a different outfit. Yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose it depends on both parties committing to it and having the sex like their characters.
1: Like I like I understood where this person was coming from when I were like, I would like to be a hooker. Yeah. And I would like you to pick me up on the street. I would like to dress really sly and have you pick me up and take me somewhere. And because I can understand the like, cause it would the context of the two of us would change. We wouldn't know each other. Yeah. Like it, when she would be very cold towards me, I would be very cold towards her. It'd be a much more animalistic yeah. act than it would be if I was just hanging out at that person's house and you know engaging yeah. in friendly, <laughs> friendly coitus. coitus. <laughs> so I can kind of, I kind of get that, but. Like, some of them, like the student-teacher one, I find those a bit creepy. <laughs> like, some role players could be creepy, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. God, there were people that did the whole clown thing. Yeah. Oh, Fucking yeah. Will sent me invites to, to sexy clown groups on Facebook before. Is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, f- well, I, well, I don't know if he sent me an invite. I know he sent me content from it before. And uh, you go in there, and it's like, what the fuck? And there are people that genuinely want their partners to dress up and do the whole clown thing for them. That is the... Creepiest thing uh, I've ever. Had. I mean, yeah, you you have clownophobia anyway, yeah. so um, that's a scientific term, guys. Look at yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: a scientific term for people that got freaked out watching
0: it. what well, yeah, ever <laughs> I again. can't trust clowns anymore. Yeah. yeah, definitely creepy role plays you can do, but yeah, it it's personal preference, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. I get Amy dressed up in my Stormtrooper armour for me. <laughs> Talk <laughs> about noisy sex, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: when you're like, you've got it in my hair again. <laughs> <laughs> Learn to shoot. I know you're a stormtrooper, but don't buy in that much. Stop
0: missing. <laughs> Stop. You're over committing to the role. Yeah, baby. Call me TK-421. Ask me why I'm not in my post. Uh! <laughs> <laughs>
1: now I've got visions of you dressed as Princess Leia and her as their little probe droid. <laughs>
0: Aren't you a little short for a probe drive?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Instead of having a big surrender, just a just giant a dildo.
0: dildo. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Attached to it. She's wearing a big black round <laughs> head face with just this giant dildo attached to it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's got a big lampshade on her head, making her woof, 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 woof noises as yeah. she walks across the room. Big deal the flopping on her forehead.
1: <laughs> I'm just sitting next to her, like, tell me the truth. <laughs> 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 I'm painted blue so I don't have a frown. In a in a white suit.
0: <laughs> god, this is getting this is getting really detailed and really weird, man. <laughs> oh this yeah, is why we don't invite her around my house anymore, folks. <laughs> <laughs> He's going around. Look, where's your blue body paint? <laughs> Call me Admiral.
1: <laughs> There's an 85% chance you're going to enjoy this.
0: <laughs> you may fire up when ready. Right <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you are me
1: to be Princess Leia, Not that I'm off target.
0: You came in that thing You're (laughs) braver than (laughs) I thought Dantooine The booty is on (laughs) Dantooine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry we'll stop giving you a blow by blow uh, retelling about of last night
1: <laughs> I, I did have to bring her only a cushion to sit on today
0: <laughs> i've got a hemorrhoid ring on yeah. my chair <laughs>
1: got Right, to, got to go and see urologist to you know get a sample taken uh, so we watched a film that had that has nothing
0: to do with <laughs> no, Star Wars or sex.
1: Smut in it or
0: something. No, it's a very sensible film. Do uh, you want to tell him?
1: I do, because I fucking love this film.
0: <laughs> I knew you were going to say that.
1: When it first came out at the cinema, I think I was a bit marvelled out at this yeah. point. I was a bit like, "All right, I need a break. So I didn't go and see it at the cinema. I didn't watch it till about a year later after Lou told me it was really good. Yeah, it is. And I was home alone on Saturday with nothing to do because <laughs> she was because she, she was at work and I was bored and flicking through stuff and it was <laughs> there. So I thought, I'll give it a go. And, my God, did I enjoy Doctor
0: Strange more than I ever thought I would. Mm-hmm. It is a, it is, it's a superhero film that's not really a superhero no. film, which is brilliant because being marvelled out is a real condition. Yeah. And this, this film... It takes not a step back from the superhero genre, but it takes a step to the
1: side. We were meant to cover, we are meant to do the the episode we were going to do, we're going to be doing next week, this week, right? And I had to swap them around because of schedule differences.
0: Because Um, we're adults now and scheduling is a real thing we have to contend with. And when I
1: was (laughs) texting you to tell you what we were doing instead, Mm. I was a bit like, oh, he's not going to like this. He's going to be upset. I know he's a bit marvelled out at, at this point. <laughs> and I think he wants to. I, we could have done with that extra week before I made him yeah. watch a Marvel film. So I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed it.
0: No, yeah, I like. I really liked it because, oh. like I said, it's it sidesteps a lot of the superhero genre yeah. and does its own thing. Um, yes, it's so a much bit so different.
1: that Doctor Stephen Strange has the mm. exact same. Of, more or less the same, exact same arc as Tony Stark, only he does it in one film. Yeah. Not like five. He doesn't have to stre- yeah.
0: stretch it out. Yeah, he kind of gets his shit together and gets on with it. Yeah. Doesn't fuck about like Stark that Mr. Mr. Tony Stank does. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I warn you now, I have loads of trivia, not many actual notes. I enjoyed watching this film so much, that I don't have that many notes either. Yeah. I realised uh, about 20 minutes from the end fuck, I'm 20 minutes from the end and I've only got three pages of notes. Yeah. So um, it's, that's a testament to how much I enjoyed watching this film. Really. I spent
1: so much time being like, caught up in my own thoughts of
0: like, <laughs> I could learn a lot from this film. I could learn me. a lot from this film. Uh, right, so I'll get into my trivia. It was released, <coughs> it was released 13th of October, 2016 in Hong Kong, Hong Kong, 4th of November, the same year everywhere else. I thought you were going to say New York and another one in London. <laughs> no, no, it got yeah. For some reason, it got an early release in Hong Kong. Uh,
1: I imagine the um, the Eastern market is a massive market yeah. for film, so I imagine. I,
0: I remember at the time there being grainy screenshots and stuff being leaked from yeah. the Hong Kong thing, but I, I know they did a very good job of keeping shit under right. wraps. Yeah. But I remember that being earlier, and then we had to wait for like something I three weeks or something. This film was
1: only seven years old.
0: Yeah. I thought it was older than that. <laughs> <laughs> We're catching up to ourselves yeah. with the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Had a budget of one hundred and sixty five million US dollars. That's
1: surprising.
0: That's 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 almost small fry for the MCU, mm-hmm.
1: considering the sheer amount of VFX in it and yes, the amount of different
0: places they actually go. Yeah, like to shoot. I'm surprised. But the cast is very small, and and I don't mean this in a negative sense, but has a lot of lower-budget actors. Oh, absolutely. You haven't got your Robert Downey's, your your Chris, uh, what's his name? Uh, You haven't got the big names. Benedict Cumberbatch is still
1: working his way towards getting that Tony Stark money. Like, this has to work, the next one has to work, and then he becomes indispensable.
0: Yeah. and Uh, Now, I think he can ask big money because he's now firmly tied into... The, the yeah. MCU Which as a Which means you will probably get one more film. <coughs> and then they'll, uh, they'll find a way to get rid they'll of him. They'll find a way to get rid of him, yeah. Bring a new character. And, yeah, they'll replace him with Wong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the box office, $677.8 million US dollars. Uh, Go on, s- do the maths on that. <laughs>
1: 511? Uh, probably, yeah. If you said 165 for the budget, it's yeah. Like 511. Yeah. I'm shocked. Really? Shocked that at this point in the MCU, every film isn't. I assumed by this point in the MCU, every film was making eight, nine hundred.
0: At this point in the MCU, they started pulling out B string characters that they wanted to draw. draw in. Doctor Strange compared to someone like Iron Man. Oh, of course. If you're not a comics fan, yeah, he is. He's almost an unknown sort of thing. And I suppose. I probably wasn't the only person in
1: the world that was marvelled out. That was marvelled out at
0: this point, yeah. absolutely. Uh, it was directed by Scott Derrickson, previously directed The Exorcism of Emily Rose, Hellraiser Inferno, and The Day the Earth Stood Still, which is obviously seen... that was the remake. Yeah, I've the not original. seen any of them. You've seen The em- Exorcism of Emily Rose because we saw it at the cinema. Okay, I don't remember <laughs> <the scene laughs> Yeah, we Earth. saw it at the cinema when we had our cinema cards. It wasn't very good. No. Um, I've never seen Hellraiser Inferno. I'm not a fan of the Hellraiser films. David, yes, it's still oh, watchable. Still
1: seen the original?
0: Yeah, I've seen the original. Well, the remakes
1: like watchable. Years ago.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah, I can't say I would recommend it. Um. But he does a very good job with this film. He does do a very. I was. I was like, what else has he directed prior to this? I was, I was like, how did he make this film if this is what he's made previously? Because the pitch he went in with when they were
1: interviewing people yeah. to be directors was. Better than most people, yeah. And there's every chance he was a huge fan of the original 70s Doctor Strange stuff because a
0: lot of that comes through with the psychedelia. I have got, got notes for days, okay. right? Uh, written by John Spates, Scott Derrickson, and C. Robert Cargill. I'd have to
1: <laughs> because the way they the way they managed to be like factually correct about well, I'm assuming factually correct about all the medical stuff. But then still, and then still, bring in <laughs> like the Eastern philosophies and make it yeah. all work as one piece within the Marvel universe is very, 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 very good.
0: well done. Yeah, uh, it's based on Doctor Strange, created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Yeah, from all the way back in 1963. Yeah, starring Flubber Number Snatch. Chouatell. Oh, I can't pronounce this guy's name. It's the, the guy from Serenity. The guy, yeah, the guy from Serenity. Yeah, uh, Chouatell. Is your four? I know I've mispronounced that. I can only apologize because yeah. he's a great actor. He is really good. Uh, Rachel McAdams, Benedict Wong, Michael Stolbarg, Benjamin Bratt, Scott Adams, Mads Mickelson, and Tilda Swinton. Please tell me Benjamin Wong plays Wong. <laughs> I think he does, yes. Yes. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. Although, looking at it, you've got three Bens on that cast. Yeah. Two Benedicts, which is odd on its own, yeah. and then a Benjamin. <laughs> ben! And then just got all three of them turned around. No, the, the other one, the English one. Um, Rachel McAdams. Uh, Ra- Rachel McAdams' startled reaction in the broom closet was genuine, since the mop handle fell completely by accident and scared McAdams almost out of her skin. Scott Derrickson decided to keep the reaction in the film since she didn't break character. Both times I
1: watched this film, last night and this morning, I, I was like... Is that acting? Because yep. if that's acting, that is some incredible acting. Because if you know that genuinely funny.
0: like shit herself. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like
1: that there's we're not started, right? no, there's that was just like the yeah. something else. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's because she was genuinely scared. Oh, okay. Uh Matt Mickelson admitted that with all the computer generated imagery. He got a bit lost on how to film his scenes, especially during the mirror dimension scenes. Of course, yeah. Which I can understand, because you're fighting effectively on a green screen. Yeah. And you've no idea what the fuck's going on around you with the actual scene. All you can see is this green screen and the other actors. Remind
1: like It reminds me of that footage you see of um and McGregor and Hayden Oh, that
0: Phantom Menace stuff. Well, not, no. Oh, uh, from Thingy.
1: The lightsaber duel yeah. at the
0: end of... Uh, battle of the heroes heroes of Sith, and it's
1: just it's all just green screen and even like the walkways and everything is built out of green material yeah and it's just them two and it's
0: just those two running along
1: yeah so i can imagine
0: this film was a very similar thing. yeah uh unfortunately it's the only way to do oh, of those course, sorts yeah. of scenes uh the scene where the cloak of levitation wipes away strange's tears was improvised on set it was a suggestion Benedict Cumberbatch made to the crew who liked it enough to create it. I didn't realise it was wiping away his tears. I
1: thought he was trying to like... Tap, tap, tap. No, he's, he's crying as, as Christine yeah.
0: walks off and then it starts wiping it and that makes me like, laugh. Stop. <laughs> like, stop, stop. Um, igo four. is a fifth degree black belt in karate, so his movements are second nature in fighting, oh. which is to be fair he looks like it
1: yeah you see him
0: in those fight scenes and you're like no you know you know what you're doing you didn't need to be choreographed did you
1: even just the way he carries himself in serenity as well he's got that he's got he carries himself like someone that's like he's he's in full control of of every every, movement yeah
0: Yeah. not like look at me I'm sat flailing my arms around (laughs) Uh, as Amy pointed out the other uh, yesterday the other month I managed to uh, cut my own eyebrow by over-exaggeratedly gesturing with my hand and smacking my glasses into my face. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is this is all to disguise my uh, super se- superhero secret alter ego, Of you course, see. yeah. Unlike the bumbling Clark Kent. Uh, according, to, <laughs> according to the 2021 book, The Story of Marvel Studios, Making of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Flumberdick Pumberbatch was originally offered the part of Malekith in Thor The Dark World. Back in 2013. Despite being a fan of the MCU, he declined because the part did not thrill him enough and he preferred to wait for something a bit more juicy. He was later Marvel President Kevin Feige's first choice for the lead role of Stephen Strange, but he initially had to decline the offer due to his theatre commitments playing in William Shakespeare's Hamlet, which clashed with the film's proposed shooting date. Joaquin Phoenix was the studio's second choice for the lead role. But after a few months of deliberation, he eventually turned down the offer due to his reluctance to do a multi-picture deal that was required by the studio if he signed on. When the film's release date was pushed back from July 16th to November 20th, uh, July 2016 to November 2016, Cumberbatch was finally able to commit to shooting.
1: Personally, I can understand completely why he's like, I'm watching the guy that plays Loki, who's the other guy, like being in multiple oh, films, yeah. make it like... Loads of money, but not just that. Like, he can probably go and do anything he wants now. Yes. He's been low key. I don't want to play a, a, a one off villain. I want to play this,
0: this one off villain yeah. because, you know, wanna... one and done. I can never return to the MCU. Yeah.
1: So I can totally understand him waiting for something a bit more juicy. Yeah. I can't see Wacky Phoenix. Phoenix as... Like, he's an incredible Joker, but I can't see him as Doctor Strange.
0: I don't think that would have worked at all. No, it's a very odd choice. And it I'm is, really yeah. glad that. He deliberated so long that Cumberbatch was able to, yeah, to step in too. and he take is, the role. I know people
1: have thoughts about Cumberbatch, but I think as Doctor Strange, he's incredible.
0: Yeah, I like Benedict Cumberbatch. I think yeah, he's got too. some serious acting chops, um, which we get to see quite a bit in this film. Yeah. Uh, director Scott Derrickson is a big fan of Doctor Strange oh. and spent his own money on a concept video he pitched to Marvel so that he could get the job of directing the film. I was right then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fanboy and he came in and was like, Look, I've literally spent my own money to make this video. Yeah. Give me the director's job. Yeah. And they clearly liked what they saw. Uh, they did, still haven't got back to me about my video about Dick Man. Uh, I? I spent my own money making my own concept video and sent it to them, and all I got was a fucking restraining order.
1: Yeah, well, when you just basically cut two Mickey Mouse ears out, glue them to the side of your penis and go,
0: no, 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 no. I am Dick man. I helicoptered and everything. <laughs> um, while filming, Benedict Cumberbatch walked into a comic book store in full costume and bought an actual Doctor Strange comic. Oh, yeah, I have heard this one before. Yeah, I would I love to. I think yeah. He's got an awesome costume as well. Yeah. Um, I imagine the, the guy in the comic book shop was probably just like, "What the, uh, the fuck?" Like, you can just imagine like all the all the comic book nerds in there like, oh, wow, wow, polishing their glasses.
1: And th- at this point, <laughs> it might have even been lost on them, really, yes. because the film's not out yet. The
0: film wasn't out yet. Oh, oh he's, his could, costume is quite like reminiscent of. Yeah, they'd have probably just thought it was a really yeah good-looking cosplayer. Um, Although this is Doctor Doctor Strange's first outing in an MCU solo movie, the character has been teased in earlier movies. In the original Thor, the orb of Agamotto can be seen among the treasures in Odin's Treasure Chamber. In Thor The Dark World, the crossroads is among the various phrases written on Selvig's chalkboard, and the crossroads is an other-dimensional reality that has a prominent role in the Doctor Strange comics. In Captain America The Winter Soldier... Jasper Sitwell mentions Stephen Strange as one of the high-risk targets that HYDRA keeps under surveillance. Ah. It's in one of the things I where it flicks through. That, yeah. yeah, if you freeze-frame it, there's hints of characters that were going to be coming yeah. up or references to stuff from the comics. Uh, in designing the Eye of Agamotto, creator of Doctor Strange, Stephen Ditko, drew inspiration from the real-world charm, the all-seeing eye of the Buddha, known among the Buddhists as the Amulet of Snail Martyrs, a nepali symbol meant to protect its wearer from evil oh yeah i don't know what it looked like so i didn't get around to looking up this morning no (laughs) but yeah go away and do that people listen and and share it with us on social media
1: get it tattooed on you
0: get it tattooed in the middle of your forehead yes uh dr strange's creators stanley and steve ditko based his appearance on hollywood actor vincent price the character oh. even bears the middle initial of Vincent, yeah. And you can see that, especially when he gets the little silver wings yeah. over his ears. You're like, oh, Mr. Price. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch states that the spiritualism of Doctor Strange is what appeals to him most about the role. I'm sure it's not the huge check and the, multi-deal, the multi-movie deal. I'm very excited about the spiritual dimension. It's something that's been a huge part of my life. I meditate a lot. That's a huge tool in trying to calm myself. Get away from the crazy circus of it all and have a focused mind, as well as be a kinder, considerate person in the world, said Cumberbatch. I'm glad you brought this
1: up because a lot, a lot of my notes on this film <laughs> revolve around this. Yes. Yeah, so we'll uh, d- dig into it.
0: Spiritualism and mysticism has become a big part of our lives, apparently, over mm-hmm. the last few years. Um, Tilda Swinton's children were crew members on the film. Her daughter worked in the costume department and her son in the art department designing planets awesome that's pretty cool that is
1: awesome do you know what she did before she did this because obviously i know the name what and Tim I, was written? yeah and i recognize her face but
0: um like i she played.
1: i feel like it's something that was really integral we in watched
0: my... we watched it uh what's his name constantine she plays uh, Gabriel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gabriel aside, Gabriel from in that, that.
1: aside from that, She's I feel like she stuff. was on British TV. Probably. In my, like, early or teenage years, I feel she like she did something some really kind some... of...
0: Uh, let's just look at IMDb, because that will tell us more live research, folks. Why do they make this so fucking difficult? I just want to see her fucking filmography.
1: This goes on for some time.
0: Shakespeare, the animated series.
1: Oh, I give up then.
0: Yeah, she's been oh, in lots of things. She's been she's been all around the place. Yeah, been all about the place. Uh,
1: but she got her kids came to work on the same. Her film kids came
0: day. to work on, on the set. Yeah, in, in different departments. That's awesome. <clears throat> Astrophysicist Adam Frank served as a science consultant on the film to advise on how to portray changes in the human experience of space and time. Frank also helped Marvel conceive their ideas for the multiverse, as well as suggest dialogue and belief stances for the characters. Interesting. So they got like an actual genuine yeah. astrophysicist in to advise on shit, which I really like. I really it's like all about that. getting professionals in, yeah. and Writers talking to the professionals and getting their input on the stuff yeah, of that they're course, doing. Yeah. Um, Otherwise you're just making it up. You're just making it up and you could get it completely wrong, as yeah. we see quite often. Benedict Cumberbatch received help with finger-tutting movements from dancer J-Funk in order to make the spell-casting gestures look fluid and agile. Okay. Uh, I don't know who J-Funk is, but I'm assuming somebody out there does. Um, The folding, replication, and changes in orientation during the reality-twisting scenes were influenced by the works of mathematical painter M.C. Escher and the fractal concept. Oh, I thought it was just Inception. Which was also heavily influenced by M.C. Escher. (laughs) I like I like Escher paintings. They hurt my brain. Yeah, but. and I loved the
1: VFX and it's I'm going to burn one of my notes. Mm. I wish they'd done something else than just that. It's like every time they there was a fight, yeah, or anything, it was that. And by about the fifth time they do it, I'm
0: like, okay, I don't know. I could just watch those. Look, they're like the old Winamp, uh, the old. Uh, yeah. Windows media player animations, I could watch those for hours. I could watch these mirror dimension sequences for hours. I just
1: feel like you can do anything you want Is in this mystical realm. Is that yeah. the only thing that people were doing? Like
0: They'd they, they picked their tone, yeah. their visual tone for this, and that's what they they just leaned hard well, into the, it. The I bits guess. when they're fine in New York and you see the city kind of, oh, they are just mind-boggling, becomes, yeah.
1: <laughs> trippy as fuck.
0: Um, Scott Derrickson admitted that the MCU films dedicate little time to developing antagonists so he just hoped to show Caecilius' point of view describing the cal- character as a villain of ideas with watertight logic referring to him as referencing John Doe from uh, 7 mm. and that, mm-hmm. is, that is something we've picked up on before and we've mentioned much as we like the MCU unless you are a protagonist or going to become a protagonist as a villain in these films, you're a one and done. You you don't get much development. One of the things I love about this film,
1: and I'm I'm gonna burn my very first note because I basically prepared. Uh, mm. Um, I love the I love the opening scene. Not only do we establish that the magical realm exists in the real world, but most people are unaware. The entire premise for the film is established, and we get our first taste of the trippy visuals. Yes. So the premise of this film is. Very simple. Yeah. Like he stole a spell because he wants to do A. They have to stop him doing A because B will happen. Yeah. And then because it's so simple, and this is the genius of it, Mm. we get to spend an entire first act, (laughs) part of the second act, basically just establishing Doctor Strange's character. Yes, And so because he's – because Caecidius is so two-dimensional – and the overall story and premise is so two-dimensional, we get all the time to get this fully functioning three-dimensional character Yeah, as I said earlier, gets to do the entire Tony Stark arc in one one film, film. and it works, and no point do you, like, maybe at a time when he's actually at the place Mm. and he goes from not knowing anything to knowing quite a bit, yeah, in the space of ten minutes, <laughs> like you have to kind of be like, you have to kind of sub yourself and go. No, he's been there a, a he's while. Been, yeah,
0: you have to fill in yeah. the blank sort of thing.
1: But aside from that, like he has a fully formed character because the
0: villain because is so yeah. two dimensional. The, the villain and a lot of the other stuff is fairly two dimensional, so you get more time to play around with the character with and fill in him. And then the spiritual aspect of mm. what, which is a big part because this is a whole new element being introduced yeah. to the mcu because we've established okay so you've got you've got your your demigods off on asgard you've got the other mythical creatures and shit you've got your superheroes your war heroes and you know, as they say the Avengers protect the world from the physical yeah but we protect the world from the mystical and here you are introducing this whole new aspect Realm, to it basically. yeah like this whole new thing that the mcu so far has completely ignored yeah so you need to take enough time in the opening film to explain, explain that and establish it, because otherwise it's just kind of like becomes a bit of a uh, what they call it, um, almost like a bit of a Deus Ex. It's yeah. just kind of you're just dropping it in. Oh, we needed magic, so here's the magic. Yeah.
1: By the time we get to what we really want to do, which is uh, Infinity War and Endgame, yeah, we need someone that can do magic.
0: <laughs> we need we need magic, so, so we need to introduce it. We've got we've got the super high tech, we've got the aliens, yeah, we've got. Gods, we need magic now yeah. to to round it out because we know we're going to need that. But the
1: way they do it here
0: makes it completely
1: feasible mm. in the MCU, and there are a hundred ways they could have done it. Oh yeah,
0: it, you're just like, oh, yeah. Well, it just would have been a bit lazy or just fallen flat. Yeah. But and that's because they take the time to do it because we've got yeah. the time to do that in this film. Like they established what this entire film is going to be about in the first seconds yeah
1: 60 to 90 seconds and then after that you've got all the time
0: in the world to develop the characters the belief structures yeah
1: everything else which is before- again it's
0: something you need yeah. to do it's something that in the se- the marvel tv series they spent like h- episodes you know half yeah. the first season would be doing that sort of thing and it just kind of made it boring but um that's because i don't i don't know the writers on the tv sh- series Weren't of the caliber that they had on the films, and it shows a lot of the time. I'm, I'm mostly thinking of Iron Fist, which is so boring, I still haven't finished it. I, I just,
1: yeah, I, I think I finished it, but that was pure being stubborn, <laughs> purely being stubborn. I, I feel that like they were made at the wrong time as well, because mm. I really enjoyed Daredevil, really enjoyed yeah. season one of Daredevil, and I really enjoyed Jessica Jones, but they were made at a time when there was a move away from short snappy kind of well-edited self-contained yeah. things like it, all of a sudden we had streaming, which meant you could actually follow someone as they walk around their apartment for three minutes before they actually do anything of interest. Mm-hmm. And you could kind of extend scenes and it, you weren't having to worry about where well, we got an advert coming here. we got an advert. Coming. Yeah. The structure went out the window and they could do whatever they want. It was the early days of that, so people weren't quite as They were refined. still playing with it,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, In the comics, Stephen Strange had a younger sister named Donna who died when he was young and motivated him into becoming a doctor. Lulu Wilson was cast as Donna in the film and actually shot some scenes, but they were cut out for running time purposes because yeah. <laughs> it's already basically two hours long. Yeah,
1: you didn't need that, that yeah, extra. That's another subplot, isn't yeah. it?
0: Uh, cinematographer Ben Davis cites the Disney experimental film Fantasia from 1940 yeah. as a visual influence on the film. It has a very psychedelic grounding and most of the work is about other dimensions. Yeah. And it's nice to see a reference to something from 1940 in this film that yeah. was like fucking seven years ago or something. Oh, like I'm going to big it up later on, all
1: the psychedelia that comes towards the end of the mm. film. So seven is. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Freeman, Ken Watanabe, and Bill Nye were all considered for the role of the Ancient One. No, I think Tildesman. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, there's, I've got a note coming up on that. Um, but I like the fact that they didn't go down the route you expect. Yeah. They even make a joke of it yeah. with the Ancient One and Master yeah. Mihu or whatever his yeah. name is.
1: Um, I like the fact that she's Celtic, right? Mm. And that's basically all they tell you. She's Celtic. no She's one else Celtic. She's been be. alive
0: for fucking ages.
1: But because beca- <coughs> she's Celtic, it doesn't matter that he is Caucasian. No. Right? If it, if they've gone with that original master that they pretend it is, then suddenly you're like, okay, so this film's about how a Caucasian went east. Yeah. Learned all their mystical uh, secrets and then
0: came and was better than It was better else. than them. But by making her a Celt, you've got a you've got a Celt. He's Caucasian. Mordo's black. Yeah. The only Asian we really see for any degree of time is Wong. is Wong. Yeah. And fucking Mads Mikkelsen is German. Yeah. So <laughs> by doing that, you're basically making it fair game. Yeah. yeah. Um, according to Kevin Feige, the concept of magic in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is inspired by The Matrix from 1999 uh, and the fantasy works of Stanley Kubrick and Hayao Miyazaki. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, saw that. I was like, All right, that's going in. Uh, and he said, have you watched the Cosmos series from 1980? That's magic, the quantum physics. If someone knew how to tap into that stuff, what's the difference between that and magic? You don't get into it in Harry Potter, but if a scientist went to Hogwarts, he'd find out how some of that stuff is happening. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but there will be some of that, particularly for a character like Doctor Strange, who goes from a man of science to a man of faith and who traverses both worlds. And sometimes there won't be an answer. Sometimes he'll want an answer. How is this happening? And nothing, said Feige. Which is, yeah, Yeah. one of the interesting dichotomies of Doctor Strange is that he is a very sensible, (coughs) based man of science who suddenly discovers magic and becomes a sorcerer.
1: But In in a very, very literal sense, but you can also look at it as a metaphor for someone that so ingrained in one way of thinking Mm. because that's what they've been brought up and indoctrinated into. It's only when they realize that there's a lot more.
0: There's there's a lot more going on than they've ever been privy to. Yeah. That that changes their perspective. Uh, Scott Scott Derrickson wanted the ancient one to be an Asian woman, but felt that it would be perceived as exploiting Asian fetish. And he quotes a fanboy's dream girl. He decided to cast a non-Asian actor in the role, but to still take the opportunity to cast an amazing actress in a male role. He thus wrote the role of the Ancient One, especially for Tilda Swinton, feeling that she was the obvious choice for such a mystical and mysterious role. Yeah. She is, basically. Yeah, I, and I also, yeah, there was, it could have been
1: Asian fetishes. And, exactly. If you know, there was some girl walked in there and like a Salomon costume.
0: Doing a magical girl transformation, yeah. Yeah. Uh, At one point, Doctor Strange considers using an axe as a weapon. This is an homage to the 2016 Doctor Strange comics, where he was severely depowered and took to wielding an axe called Angoramus. Oh, I didn't know that. Neither did I. Uh, I've learned a lot about Doctor Strange researching these notes. What I realised, what what I've kind of...
1: Came to the conclusion was I need to actually go back and read some of these old. Yeah. Because I've not read a lot about Doctor Strange, and I'd really like to
0: get into some of these comics. Uh, It's Chapter Two of Phase Three in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, The VFX birds at ILM developed a concept that the only other living things that can detect alternate dimensions besides humans are pigeons and cats. If you watch the film carefully, you can spot a few moments where cats and pigeons react based on mirror dimension events. I never saw one. There's a couple of them uh, with the pigeons flying off of stuff when they start moving and things like that. Very odd choice, cats and pigeons. Yeah, I would have gone with dogs. We don't see any of them. No. (laughs) Uh, I don't Do we see any cats. There must be some in there somewhere I didn't see them. Um, On multiple occasions, Doctor Strange corrects people who call him Mr. Had the character been English, the the opposite would, in fact, be true. Surgeons in the UK go by Mr. instead of Doctor. This tradition dates dates back many years. Physicians went to university, while surgeons were barbers. So a doctor of medicine had a degree and was titled Doctor. But surgeons had no formal education and were titled Mr. And after becoming a qualified surgeon, an individual will go go from Doctor to Mr. Slash Miss slash Mrs. Yeah. but with the letters MRCS or FRCS after their name. Many surgeons take offence at being called doctor and doctors take offence at being called, referred to yeah. as mister. This is actually true of all surgical specialists and unthinkable for anyone not part of a surgical-based speciality. Yeah. Which always tweaked... I was watching this and I was like, but but no, but you should be calling You should be called mister. And then I saw this note and I was like, that explains it far better than me just going, no, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Uh, Stanley and Steve Ditko originally considered naming the character Mr. Strange, but decided it sounded too similar to Mr. Fantastic of the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Which, yeah, it is way too close. Uh, the first building-bending battle between Caecilius and the Ancient Rom was filmed on the road Great Scotland Yard in central London. Yeah. Opposite the end of the street, but not visible during the scene, is the Sherlock Holmes pub on Northumberland Avenue, ah. which is obviously relevant because Benedict Cumberbatch was Sherlock played Holmes, Sherlock yeah. Holmes. Uh, though uncredited, Dan Harmon was a consultant and revised the screenplay during post-production and resu- reshoot. Really? Yeah. Communities, Dan Harmon. Communities, Dan Harmon. I was like, like then, I was like, that Dan Harmon. And I was yeah. looked at it, I was like, oh, it is that Dan Harmon. Okay, cool, that's going in. Uh, and body count.
1: Twenty-seven. Ten. Ten. Yeah, it seems about right.
0: Because a lot of them, I was thinking, well, it must be more than that from the Hong Kong thing. Yeah. But he does his whole timey-wimey, wibbly wobbly bullshit, and, and all they all come back to life, That's and right. presumably don't get killed in the ensuing. I assume a short battle. Lots of people die at the London Sanctum,
1: but we only see the one guy. That we is.
0: only see the one guy. Yeah. I think most of the deaths are the, in that, the zealot minions.
1: Yeah, that, especially like especially in that first like ninety seconds. Where, where she just, where she literally
0: it. is just feeding them yeah. into this machine of grinding like stone and masonry, and she's just merciless. There's one scene where there's like these pillars that literally turn yeah. to gears, and she just pushes a guy into it, and you're like, if this was a different type of film, that would be a fountain of oh, gore yeah. across the screen. Um, my first note: that is not a practical way of storing books in Wong's library. Oh. where they're all hung up on their own little hexagonal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks great, but it's really not practical. i like, Jesus, you didn't make any notes for the first... It's like, did you not watch the Ninth Gate? Yeah. Did, you not, did you not listen to our Ninth Gate episode yeah, where we wow. moaned about people not looking after their ancient books? I'm
1: more just like, Jesus, we've jumped right into this film. Because um, <laughs> there's a whole load of stuff that happens before we even go there, right? no.
0: Oh, no, no, no. The opening scene yeah. is kind of silly. It's coming in and chopping up mate's head.
1: Sorry, I was thinking more later on when, oh, when Strange she... is there and just looking at stuff. Uh, uh, Stephen Strange is no doubt
0: a great surgeon, but he's also a complete prick.
1: He does have an awesome apartment, though.
0: He does a very nice apartment. His apartment is awesome. Right. And his, his musical knowledge is like, the yeah. sort of thing I can see you doing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the Ancient Ones' robes are very Jedi when she first appears. Yes. When... Uh, he's standing there and you first get that first shot of her due to the lighting it looks like she's in white robes yeah I don't remember her robes being white because they look hella fucking like Kenobi-ish yeah. there and then obviously you see her and they're all yellow uh, so that, where she first takes her hood down Cody uh was in Amy was having a nap at this point Cody was downstairs in the living room playing with a dog um, and I was watching this in the living room because it's a family friendly film and he was not interested. It's just a bunch of adults talking. Yeah. Uh, he only was popping over occasionally when things got interesting. This was obviously a fight scene. He heard the fight scene noises, so he comes over and goes, oh, she takes her hood down, and he just yells, Avatar! <laughs> now, for those of you confused, we're not talking about the James Cameron Smurf story Avatar. We're talking about the anime one, which oh, okay. aired on Nickelodeon back in the late 90s, where the main character, Ang who is the Avatar, looks just like fucking, like a child version of Tilda Swinton. Oh, okay. And Cody's immediate, I love the fact, we've, we've watched a dozen or so episodes of it, and uh, he just is like, that's Avatar. And I was just like, not quite, but yeah, I get it. I'm proud of you, son. <laughs> yeah, it's like a proud dad moment there. <laughs>
1: I appreciate the idea that a single moment of arrogance can change someone's life forever.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I should have, I mean, Amy's. Amy said, no, it's not going in my butt. And now we have a baby, uh. a child at this point. He's not even a baby. He's nearly in double digits. Uh. Um, I love the fact that it starts... And you've got, like, this, oh, no, violence. He chopped his head off. Oh, that's grim. And then it's like, oh, mystical, crazy, yeah. mind-bending battles. Oh, wait, sudden hard turn into medical drama. Yeah. And then we're literally just in, like, a fucking episode of House. Yeah. And it's like, when did this fucking happen? <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> I was waiting for George Clooney to come. Yeah. <laughs>
0: time. yeah. It's like, are we, are we back in the 90s? Fucking. Yeah. We've got Avatar. We've got ER. Yeah. What's going on here? Uh. <laughs> uh, why do you need a drawer that rotates your watches for you? Because
1: you can afford
0: it. I just thought. I thought. I did think as I was writing this up. I was like, "Oh, maybe it's one of those um, various watch brands do one where it charges off of the momentum. So oh, when you're okay. moving, it charges it." And I was like, "But all of them wouldn't be." No. So why do you need? I don't know. It just seems totally pointless
1: and random to me. It, yeah, well, absolutely. It could just be a visual for. The film, the shot for the film. So, yeah. Just a boring opening of the draw for the watches. Yeah, it could be. It's just something going on. Tony but... Stark's
0: got one of them, I bet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's wild, I reckon. Did you, um, did you pick up on the roadie reference? No. When he's driving his car and mate, he's giving him all the thing. Uh, he says we've got an oh, air yeah, force colonel yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, pulverized lower spine. Yeah, uh, got was injured in testing some kind of experimental armor. Yeah, and I'm like, that's roadie. That's Rhodey. we saw that in Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: didn't get it at the time, but now I'm like, oh, of course, yeah. Uh,
0: don't use your phone or review X-rays on your car's onboard computer whilst driving, kids. No, because you'll crash and punch your hands through the dashboard of your Audi. I actually watched the entire credits. Well, not all the credits. I fast forwarded
1: bits of it. But I watched the two extra bits during the credits. Yeah, yeah. And right at the end of of the credits before the last one comes on, it's like uh, driving whilst distracted is dangerous.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Please
1: drive responsibly. Really,
0: really, that should have been right at the start of the credits. Uh, Or at the beginning. Because as uh, a certain famous uh, mystical doctor says they really should put the warnings before yeah. the spells. <laughs>
1: um, for an incredibly smart man, wandering down an empty
0: alley on your own in a foreign land is a pretty dumb idea. He does some very dumb things for a very yeah. very bright man. I mean, I get that he's desperate. Yeah. And has probably largely been insulated from a lot of this shit because he's clearly very wealthy, or at least yeah. was at the start of the film. But yeah, that was a dumb-ass thing to do. Yeah. Also, he did get very lucky in uh, being mugged by the only other English man in yeah. Kathmandu. Yeah. It's like the gang of this... The leader's little gang of thugs in deepest, darkest fucking Nepal. And uh, he's, he's a where where mate. Watch, like, bro, isn't it. Give us your watch, yeah? Um, Give us your Roly. Should have got Stark to come up with some nanobot hands or something. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> like, I do love there's a shot quite early on in the film where they establish where the Sanctum is in New York.
0: Yeah. And you see the you Avengers see Tower. You see the Avengers Tower, band. yes. I like that. Um... Kathmandu looks like an unpleasant place to be. On
1: some levels, yeah.
0: I say this, I I, I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but I, I see a lot of videos and things coming out of places like that, Nepal, India, Pakistan, and I look at the streets and their cities and I'm like, I am absolutely not about that.
1: In a physical sense, yes. yeah, I'm not sure my stomach. My-
0: you would just given that, like you struggled at a barbecue yesterday, you <laughs> yeah. dump you in the middle of fucking Kathmandu like that. You'd did, you'd did just melted into a puddle on the floor.
1: In a spiritual sense, I think it's the big. Part oh yeah, place get,
0: get out of the cities, yeah. get to the monasteries and yeah. places like that. I, I, I would that, love it. I would yeah. love that, but there's are just too many people. And I, too much chaos. I wonder if this is I'm getting older because I've always wanted to live in a city. Yeah. Amy would love to go full fucking Ghibli and live in the middle of fucking nowhere in a cottage. Yeah, me too. She loves that sort of thing. I know that's that's a big draw to you. Me, I would fucking hate that. But not on sunny evenings. As I finally admitted to myself the other day when I was walking the dog, and we're walking along, and we're going through Tigreen Village. Oh, okay. Um, and it's like, I've got... There's a field there. There's trees here. There's, there's flowering pond. plants. It's yeah. warm. I can smell the... The the plants can smell the flowers in the air. Uh, no, this is nice. I would I don't like walking around cities um when it's warm. No, of course. Because not. it's fucking horrible. Yeah. And you can't in the nicest possible way, you can't walk around a, a busy metropolitan area and enjoy the serene quiet of a summer's evening. No. You've always gotta be on the lookout for getting mugged, I assume. Yeah. Because <laughs> London.
1: But I like the idea of being somewhere like in a cottage in a very small place that's surrounded by like the wilderness, <laughs> but I'm still only forty five minutes on a train away from
0: London. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a like, brief commute, and you can be in the hustle and bustle. Yeah,
1: a brief commute, and I can go and do any number of entertaining things or shop at any any place to find stuff. Yes, I'm not going to be able to find in my little, little fly
0: spec village. But then
1: after like I can I go on a train for another going for forty five minutes, and I'm back. You're in back in your peaceful serenity. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the look on Strange's face when he finds out the answer is spiritual, or not medical is the same look I've received countless times when I've tried to explain my perspective on life to people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there was a – I don't know where it
1: comes from. I'm sure, like, last week's conversation about Ikigai, like
0: – A made, lot of people uh, rolled their eyes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fucking mumbo-jumbo nonsense. I don't – because, obviously, mysticism and, and spiritualism were very much a part of human existence mm. for a very long time. Uh, probably around the Industrial Revolution, I would assume, that sort of thing kind of got replaced with Science. hard facts and figures. And yeah. no, it's what you can see and hold in front of you. That's the important stuff. It made a bit of a resurgence, obviously, in the 70s. I think it was the backlash to that, the the the, the 60s and 70s, where they had their their free love, spiritual awakenings. Yeah. A lot of people had a backlash to that because it didn't manifest in a utopia. It didn't manifest in a whole new rebirth for humanity it just ended up being a lot of drugs and unprotected sex and then everyone suddenly realized i still need to pay my bills yes because there's way more to it than just free love exactly um, now it's kind of having another renaissance where people are realizing actually you know your spiritual health is as important as your mental health or it's a part of your mental health
1: well, let's look at the 60s and the 70s right like <laughs> there was mass dissatisfaction with people mm-hmm. about the way the
0: world they lived in had become yeah, we're just seeing a repeat of that with more computers. Yeah, <laughs> this is just the uh, this is the reboot. This is the gritty reboot.
1: If the Sorcerer Supreme offered to show me the universe that exists outside of my limited perception, I'd become a disciple in a heartbeat.
0: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take much to swing you, does it? No. I do love the the intergalactic flying sequence that yes. they they send him off on. It's got some proper like vintage sci-fi vibes oh, yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's all much, much done much better. Yeah. But the hot that whole sequence is very sort of. I love the bit where he stops and has his ghibli butterfly moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> followed shortly by the creepy hand
1: moment. I didn't realise that they were so um, influenced by Hiro. Mm-hmm.
0: Hayao Miyazaki. That's the one.
1: But do you think that actual butterfly moment could have? Been- I like to
0: think it is yeah. yes, because
1: that, that is a proper ghibli moment. It's a
0: very yeah, ghibli yeah. moment. Um. With that hood and those robes, when Mordo comes to rescue him from the street gang, yeah, he, he looks is. like a cross between a Jedi and an assassin. <laughs>
1: yeah, he, he just
0: comes in and he's just like, just beats them, beats all their asses and then just goes back to like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's 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 my life goals right? <laughs> yes yeah, Perhaps um, not green because that's not really my color but- no, We don't lose
1: our demons. We learn to live above them. I think this is one of the truest lines in any Marvel film ever.
0: Yeah, yeah, largely. Demons are what make you who you are. They're what make you an interesting person. Yeah. A lot of the time, otherwise you just... But it's like when you lose someone, that, it never really heals. You just learn to live. You just learn to live with that. That becomes a part of the tapestry of of you as a person. Yeah,
1: so you never, like people were very much like, if I could just get rid of these demons, get rid of these demons. Yeah. You don't, you learn to live with them. And by learning to live with them, you overcome them in a way that
0: allows you to be a better person. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Tilda Swinton is awesome, even if she does sound a bit like an infomercial for a new church. Yes. When she's giving up, it's got, got some strong um, Galadriel vibes yes. from Lord of the Rings when she's talking about it. And I'm half expecting it to go, things that were, things that are, yeah. and things that have not yet come to pass. <laughs> and I'm like, like, I'm waiting for it all. I was like, you can reach enlightenment with Scientology. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but just nine ninety nine
0: a month. But just nine ninety nine a month. Eternal life can be yours. I like the Wi-Fi password joke. Ah, oh, you stole my I was gonna have that was like my next note. Oh sorry. <laughs>
1: the dryness of the humour in this film is perfect for the story oh, yes. being told. Like this is the least Marvel film when it comes to the humour. Oh yeah. But mm, the the mix between the spiritual the the pretty serious story they're telling. And then these just moments of very dry
0: humor, very dry levity. Yeah, yeah. It's it wouldn't brilliant. work having like the the the, the quippy sort of stark stuff or the over the top stuff that we it see in some work, of the others yeah. wouldn't work
1: because like you get a bit of that early on when they're trying to establish the Stephen Strange character. right? Yeah, but even
0: that's very understated. Yeah,
1: but it's the bit the, the bit with a Wi-Fi password, but especially the bit where he he's still learning and he gets the two shields and then one of the shields goes Brick and he's us just out. <laughs> yes, exactly. it and like
0: it's a faltering flashlight it's
1: so subtle mate. <laughs> it just in that moment during that whole fight scene it just kind of gives you a, a breath
0: yeah. yeah it's brilliant Um it, uh, you stole that one Uh All get right, the sorry. introduction of the multiverse which obviously yes. as we know becomes uh, plays a huge part in what's to come yeah it's the resolution of of Endgame and Infinity War, the whole Spider-Man arc at the moment around that, both the animated one and the live-action one, are all dealing with the multiverse.
1: And well, the next Doctor Strange film is literally
0: yeah, yeah, multiverse of madness. But it introduces again, it 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 plays a really big role this film because it introduces two huge elements.
1: Yeah, Infinity Stones.
0: Yeah, magic. It it adds to the Infinity Stone war. And then it adds magic and the multiverses into the MCU, which again previously yeah. have been completely absent, but are needed to continue telling the story. But not
1: like in some ways, it's very obvious you've just brought like sorcerers into the MCU. Yeah, but they do it.
0: You don't realize way. that it's. They obvious. don't, they don't, re- yeah, yeah. It's so don't realize. Yes, you don't realize yeah. kind of if 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 you. You've you've introduced a new superhero into the canon of superheroes in the MCU, but he's not... If you just watch this film, he's not a superhero. No. He's not portrayed in any way as a superhero. He gets the hero's arc, but that's intrinsic in most films. He doesn't get the superhero tropes and trappings that go with it, even though he can fly, he has a cape, he wears red and blue. It's like, you know, it's so obvious... But it's not like they, no. they slap you in the face with some of these things. But because of the way the, the whole thing is written and the, his character, he's not a super superhero, but he is. Yeah, and it's very very cleverly done. If you watch this film properly, there are lessons to be learned.
1: Watching Stephen Strange go from being brilliant at everything to struggling with harnessing the lessons he's taught, only mm. to master them through perseverance and the sil- silence of ego is one of them. Yeah. So this is when they're all in the courtyard and they're all doing the thing and everyone else is everyone doing it. Everyone else has got and they can't do it. anything.
0: To be honest, yeah. I'd be happy just to make the little sparks. I yeah, me does. too. Yeah. Number, regardless of how many times I put on big rings and wave my hands around, I can't make sparks in the air. No. Um, the Ancient One and the other masters give some real Old Republic Jedi Council vibes. Yes. Obviously, I've played uh, uh, Star Wars The Republic a lot. And the Jedi Council in that is a far more gung-ho organisation than we see in the films. In films, they're sitting around tables. They're all very, hmm, yes, let's have a Mm -hmm. chat. Um, But in the Old Republic, obviously, over the thousands of years, the Masters were all far more individualistic and the robes hadn't become so homogenised. Oh, okay. So the Masters all had very individual robes, which we get to see here. Yeah. Because although they're all wearing robes and most of them have got hoods and shit like that, You've got you know, Master Miho with these very traditional oh, Eastern yeah. ones. Uh, you've got the obviously the ancient one with her. You know yeah, like. more of those ones that look very assassin-y yeah. and lots of different vibes going on there. And I was like, oh, really? I want. I there's a couple of if I could sit down with the writers and costume designers designers in this film, there's some questions I would ask them about what things they've read, played, and watched to see if. I'm picking up on the right references here. Okay. I've got another one. Where is it? Uh, surrendering control in order to control something is exactly how the female Aes Sedai channels Sida, which is the female half of the One Power in the Wheel of Time. Okay. And the explanation that she gives to him <laughs> about that is almost word for word what the Emerlin seat says to one of the uh, protagonists in okay. the, with the Wheel of Time novel. And I'm like, is that... Have they watched the same thing? It's like which which one of the writing staff is a Wheel of Time fan? <sighs> you know, and looking at the robes and, and the vibes around that, I'm like, which one of them played the Old Republic? Because yeah. <laughs> getting some strong vibes from that.
1: Token topless shot to show that he is built like all <laughs> other heroes.
0: <laughs> Even when you're a you're a neurosurgeon, apparently you're ripped. Yeah. You find time to spend lots of time at the gym when you're not in your penthouse watching your watches revolve or oh, yeah, give reattaching spines.
1: About- uh, to the neurological
0: society. Something I thought was funny, a little bit of an aside, is also talking this about how awesome a neurosurgeon he is and how he can reattach spines and things yeah. like that. Uh, on Thursday, I think it was, uh, I'm doing a Star Trek Next Gen rewatch okay. again. Um, and I got to the episode where Worf has his lower vertebrae crushed by a falling canister and is paralyzed. And there's this whole thing around like, suicide and all that sort of nonsense and the, all that nonsense. Um, and there's this whole thing where this brilliant neurosurgeon from the 25th century all right. comes on board the enterprise and is like, yeah, no, we've got this, we can regenerate his spine and we can do all this. That was the 90, early nineties. I think this episode yeah. came out and the idea of, you know, reattaching a spine was so far fetched that even in the, the next gen, you know, in that, that far flung utopian future, they couldn't do it, I like and that. yet here we are in this day and age now, and they pretty much can. Yeah, and it's just like it's so bizarre to look at things and see how far we've come. Not even just in like our own lifetime. No, in the last few decades.
1: But then, if you juxtapose that with what everybody's idea of what twenty twenty-five would be, yeah, in nineteen
0: eighty. And then... We were were living on the moon with flying cars. Yeah,
1: and now we're nowhere near that.
0: And now we're still having the same arguments. No, no, the Earth is not flat. No, the vaccines aren't tracking you.
1: Your phone does that. Your phone does that, not Uh the vaccine. I would love to have a doorway to anywhere in the world like they're having the same thing. It's a
0: little window thing. That's brilliant.
1: I'd also love to be able to open a portal to anywhere with a sling ring. That would be pretty cool. Like... Obviously, there's the bigger things like I could go and hold of it anytime I wanted for like a weekend and not have to worry about travel, but just getting to work and back.
0: Yeah, no commute. Yeah. Just like, well, I'm off to work now. Yeah, Step through into the office. Yeah. All right, see you later. That's going home. Back yeah. home again.
1: No driving for an hour. It'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I really want some jalapeno-flavoured kettle chips, so that's where... Doctor
0: Nick, where they fight with the astral projection? Oh, with the, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's what he selects
0: before he goes yes. back and gets all the other ones. Yeah. Uh, I do like those camouflage outfits that they wear. Yeah. That uh, I was, I was looking at them yesterday. I was like, man, I should get more clothes like that. And then I'm just like, no wait, because I'm sat here literally in a linen, just a linen top right now, and I'm soaking sweat into it. Maybe in, the, maybe in the winter or I'll yeah. get some of them. Uh, huh? So you joined a cult? <laughs> I just like. <laughs> Love,
1: any references to cult no it's not just that it's but if somebody come back and was like yeah I went to India and I did this you'd be like that is the you've
0: joined a cult <laughs> yeah,
1: that is the 95% of people's like reaction to it, it would be
0: yeah. like oh so you're in a cult now again it? it's that it's that understated dry humor yeah. because we've been on the journey with him Yeah, and we know it's not a cult and we've seen the journey and his growth and that it is real yeah. But then he comes back and he tells it to his Doctor Friend, and she's like, "No, you joined a cult." Yeah, because that's the sensible answer. Um, I have the Key of Solomon, one of the books that, oh, that okay. Strange reads. Uh, there it is, Great Key of Solomon. Have you read it? Uh, you all can right. see. Yeah. I have not. I have. There are copious amounts of bookmarks in there. It's not the most interesting of books. Lots of summoning rituals and and biblical nonsense. It's all about summoning. Uh, Otherworldly presences to do stuff and give you powers and things like that. It's, awesome. it's very interesting. A lot of people swear by it. Yeah, yeah. That's why I bought it. But it's very dry. <coughs> so, <laughs> um, people used to think I was funny. Did they work for you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, give it. Just give me the book. Yeah,
1: I love it. Um, I love how one of the themes of this film seems to be that buying into an organized religion that offers eternal salvation will only lead to darkness. But living selflessly and for the greater good of everyone is the true salvation.
0: Uh-huh. That's a very subtle message, and we can clearly tell what headspace you were in watching this film yeah, by the fact that you picked up on that
1: theme. 99% of people that have seen this film <laughs>
0: would not. Are like, I want magic powers. Yeah. And it's like, no. The deeper message is yeah. you can't just buy into salvation. It comes from within. Because this is a very Buddhist film. Yeah. Um I could not tell you what City That is from the skyline. That's because I'm not American when he walks outside of the what we now know is the New York Sanctum oh yeah and they show you the shot of the skyline to establish where it is and I'm like is that Cleveland? <laughs> Ontario? <laughs> Today, uh... some other it's, it's, it looks American but I couldn't tell you what because I'm still looking for the Twin Towers yeah. <laughs> I need key things to get I couldn't tell you it was London unless you showed me Big Ben and oh, the, the London Eye the Gherkin the Gherkin <laughs> yeah. uh, Mr. Doctor. Yeah. Mr. Doctor? It's strange. Maybe. Who am I to judge? <laughs> See, again, like, just... <laughs> Better and Mads Mikkelsen yeah. just making just puns off of one another. It's brilliant. That's
1: probably the closest we get to, like, the Marvel humour we get in all the other films. Yeah. But even that could be, like, Morecambe and Wise. Yeah.
0: They're Can both very low-key, yeah. very dry. Um... And I could just watch the two of them talking to each other for hours. Yeah. Uh, the scene with the cloak of levitation beating the minion unconscious is brilliant. brilliant. I I love the cloak of meditation anyway, because I love anthropomorphized sentient things that are actually, you know, animals or people. Um, and just watching him, that just swing out of nowhere and just start beating him, and the guy screams I'm and yells.
1: Like as I'm watching it, both times <laughs> I'm watching it, I'm I, like he gets stabbed, and I'm like, we already established like two minutes ago that the cloak can block a rocket, so why yeah. did the cloak not do it? I'm like, the cloak's not helping him anymore. What's going on? And then, boom, the cloak. The clock is, the guy is, is
0: literally off, like, beating yeah. somebody else up. I've literally got two notes left, and one's, like, a final wrap uh, I've so. got a couple. The Mirror Dimension sequences are mind-boggling and brilliant. Yeah. I think we said about that earlier. I could have just watched two hours of them doing shit in there.
1: I could, I, but I also understand what effects were like in 2016. That's why <laughs> I skipped my one from earlier, as trippy and cool as the VFX are. I love them to do something other than the Inception yeah, yeah. effects. Like, not like, I love it. But if you'd done earlier on in the film, you established it in that opening shot, mm. opening scene, and then done maybe something slightly different, and then when you come back to it for that one yeah, in New York, you would have been like, wow.
0: Yeah. That, I, I know they turn it up to 11 yeah. for that whole sequence, but you've kind of inured to it by yeah. then. It's less impressive because yeah. you've seen it right so from the times. start. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, um, I just want to say I love how psychedelic it is inside
0: the Dark Universe. Yeah. I wholeheartedly endorse these VFX. <laughs> it looks like something from the the, the 90s-era Marvel cartoons.
1: Yeah, with a kind of 70s psychedelic rock. Yeah. Like, you 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 could see Pink Floyd soundtrack in yes, the Dark could.
0: Universe. <laughs> um, I love that Strange and Mordo arrive at the Hong Kong Sanctuary after the fight has finished yeah. and the good guy's lost. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the whole Vagamoto thing is is set up in advance to yeah. to prepare you for that. But I love the fact that like, but they have their meaningful chat, and he's like, "No, I can't defeat them without you." Yeah. And then they go off there, and it's like, "Oh, oh shit, we're we're too late." Uh crap! Wait a minute, I got an idea. And then obviously, you see Wong is already dead. I would have liked to have seen that fight. I wish that was like a, a an extra feature or something. Oh yeah, because like he's, he. Tells all the masters, you know, choose your weapon wisely, yeah. and then we're like, yeah, we're gonna see these people fight. Oh no, we turn up and they're all dead. Yeah, well, how did that happen? Um, then we get to see the fight in reverse. Yeah, obviously he undoes all of that. Dormammu, so, I've come to bargain. Yeah, I love on that. repeat. <laughs> I just,
1: yeah, <coughs> I love the idea that even though he's an all powerful. Yeah kind of person-like, just repetition is what gets to him. Is what gets
0: else? to him. Yeah. But the fact that he's like, it twigs, and he's like, oh, there's no time there. I can yeah. take some time with me, and he won't be able to do anything about it because that's not something he can control. Uh, also, is it just me? Or does he sound... I initially wrote Indiana Jones and then Han Solo. But what he, what he actually sounds like is um, Harrison Ford. Yeah. When he's saying that and he's calling out to Dormammu, he sounds like... There's a couple of scenes where Indy is shouting at villains when he's on the bridge. Yeah. And he's holding the stones. Or when he when Han Solo is on the skiff in Jedi. Oh yeah. Jabba! You're making a huge mistake! And it's just it just sounds exactly like him, which is insane. Because obviously Benedict Cumberbatch is British. as English as they yeah. come, and Han Solo is a fucking Californian yank. <laughs> Maybe he was just channeling a bit of that. that I think there. that's where he... There's a couple of things he says that sound like yeah. Harrison, uh, and I'm assuming that's, uh, consciously or otherwise, who yeah. he's based his American accent on. Of course, yeah. Um, I love Wong. I'm so glad he gets a larger part in the following films. Oh, me too, yeah. Because he's brilliant. Another very understated character, Beyonce. I, I
1: especially love that moment at the end where he's like a... Oh, you should have known all the all the warnings come after the things and it just you just hear him
0: <laughs> laughing off screen. Yeah.
1: And you're like, oh, so you do have a sense of humour. Yeah. just being super Playing serious. Playing the
0: serious, yeah. serious character. Uh I love that by the end of the film, uh, even by the end of the film, the hero is still broken. Yeah. Cause it, like the last scene we see of him is he's still, he's still- hands are still shaking and yet he's now effectively if not officially the the sorcerer sorcerer supreme supreme, and does all this stuff and has defeated a a god and it's like yeah see you don't have to be perfect to be the hero
1: no and just because you've
0: come so far doesn't mean there's a whole long way for you to go the journey you took won't always take you where you thought you wanted to go it takes you where you need to go didn't we have a thing really on where we weren't going to be preachy (laughs)
1: I think there's... That's, that's kind of gone out the window the last few weeks. There's preachy about, like, politics and religion and all that really divisive stuff. Okay. But I think we can be preachy about, like, spiritualism. spiritual. I, I think yeah. there's that's a grey
0: area. There's a grey area. That's okay, then. <laughs> um, the scene with Thor and Doctor Strange. Because <laughs> my last night. He's going to get hella preachy. Okay, I see how this is going. Uh, the scene with Thor and Doctor Strange. Yes,
1: it's love an it. awesome little scene. I love the way he's like, "I don't drink tea," and suddenly it's beer. Suddenly it's beer, and then suddenly he drinks the beer really quickly, and he just refills.
0: I love it. it's kind of like a back and forth, yeah. like a, a game of one-upmanship, yeah. because it's like, "I don't drink tea." What do you drink? I don't know, but not tea. And then it's a bit, and then the next, it flicks away, and then it's empty, and he's looking smug, yeah. and then it starts refilling, and it's like, oh, "Okay, I see." <laughs> I do like
1: that. I did like
0: that scene. It's like a god, and then a Powerful sorcerer yeah. together, yeah. And making Mordo a villain, that I haven't seen Multiverse of Madness. Me neither. So I can't comment on how this plays out. Me neither. But making Mordo a villain seems lazy and predictable. Mm. I would much rather have seen him disillusioned, go off, do his own thing. Become, you know, become like an anti-hero yeah. almost. Because you could then have him popping up in not just, you know, Doctor Strange... Uh, films, that but in other, other Avengers TV, films, yeah. it would have been nice to see him pop up as like a almost like a like a mercenary spell slinger sort of thing. Yeah. He's doing that. He's no longer following the path of the Ancient One and the Camotage. Um He's out there. He's realised, you know, that path that that illumination he sought wasn't what he needed. So he's off finding his own way. I think that would have been mu- a much more interesting arc for Mordo. Again, we have we don't know, but we don't know what they Mordo. do with him. All I'm basing this on is that final scene where he yeah. comes back and fucks up poor old Pangborn. Yeah,
1: poor old Pangborn, who really
0: didn't deserve it. He's just uh, minding his own.
1: Yeah, just doing a bit of welding or
0: something. Doing some metal work. Doing some manly shit. Something that did occur to me is: is he in? Um, no, because this is set afterwards, isn't it? I was thinking he, his workshop and his what we see of his workshop and his character there seem very similar to. Uh, one of the characters in Daredevil, the one who makes his sticks for him. Good is there? Is there a crossover there? Um, is that a reference I'm just misinterpreting? It's or? all in New York. Yeah,
1: I'd, I'd have to go back and watch Daredevil. I'd
0: have to go back and watch Daredevil. Or I could just check it out on the wiki. Yeah, I might Google it later to find out.
1: Okay, uh, on a personal level, this film came at a perfect time for me. I've been struggling with my mental health for a couple of months, and this opened my eyes to just how much ego. And my sense of self has invaded from my thoughts. I humble myself; my perspective will shift, and a lot of the clouded thoughts will dissipate. And uh, I will once again be able to see the truth of
0: life. Who would have thought that watching a Marvel yeah. film of all things? <laughs>
1: not therapy, not like <laughs> anything else. Just sitting down, watching this, and going, "Huh, huh." Yeah. I, I see the
0: same. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if we're gonna have. If, I wonder if we'll have any epiphanies but based then, on next week's film. This is why I
1: always <laughs> say, like, there's watching something. This is what I meant earlier when I said if you watch this film properly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I always say, people listen to the podcast. They don't actively listen to the podcast.
0: Yeah, there's a very big difference between watching something at surface level or listening to something and then actively engaging with it yeah. and thinking about its themes and its messages. Um, well, I think what we need to do is take a more... We've tried the subliminal sort of thing. we tried yeah. to get our message across. We need to go superliminal. Okay. So, basically, be better people. Like, that sort of thing. Okay. You
1: know? Okay, okay.
0: Reggie is a character. <laughs> the real me is boring. And you wouldn't want him in your life. I don't want him in my life anymore. At this point, I'm committed. Yeah, like, I want Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie is far more fun than the real man. <laughs> Do you have a score? Yeah, I don't know
1: how controversial my score is going to be, though. I don't.
0: Tell me it's down in like. It's, you can give it a two because no, actually I, you hated it.
1: No, 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 no. I thought, oh, it's going to be controversial because I've given it such a high score. Mm. But now I know how much you like it. It might not be so controversial. It's probably not going to be that
0: controversial at all. So I'm giving Doctor Strange a nine. Ooh. Oh, shit. It, now, I was, I was thinking. It's eight.
1: Probably, probably an 8.5. Yeah. But I, I was just like I
0: loved it so much. Yeah, I was, I was thinking in, I was thinking an eight. But rewatching it, and the more I've thought about it, and talked about it, and writing up my notes, I, I think you might be right. You yeah. know, I think it probably does deserve a nine. There aren't many flaws in this film. No, and it's a, it's one of those films where you come away, and if you've paid attention to it. Asks, you end up asking more questions and you think about it beyond the confines of the film. You're no yeah. longer thinking about how this applies to, to Dr. Stephen Strange or, or the, the characters MCU. in the film. Or even, yeah, even in the broader scope, the MCU. You start thinking about how these themes reflect to you and how they affect and impact you and your life and the people around you, which, to be honest, is probably the best thing any piece of media can do. Do you remember when
1: we read Interview of Vampire and I said... The best pieces of art make you think about yourself, yeah. And how you carry yourself, or how you think, right? This is one of them incredible yeah. pieces of art that will make you reflect on you. Well, if you want to, if you actually pay attention, yeah, you and your life, and how the consequences of your actions affect everyone around you. Yeah, yeah.
0: That, that's yeah. For me, so anything that can have me thinking about it and its themes. Outside of the confines of its Universe. little box, yeah. that is that is that that Incredible is magic wild. to me. Yeah. Because when you read something, <laughs> I keep looking at Summer Wars because that's right here in front of me. Um, but when you read something and then that influences your day to day, from you know, your thought processes, yeah. the way you behave or the way you think about things, that has transcended media and that's become a part of your life. And yeah, this film's themes. Should have that effect on everyone. Yeah. It may not, because a lot of people just watch it as a superhero film. Yeah. But, you know, there it is. Not everyone can be as uh, astute as we are, Should we say. So, that's an 18 for Doctor Strange. Good on,
1: Doctor Strange. Do you know what? Last week, we talked a lot about Ikigai. We did. And upon listening back to it, I realised that I've been espousing Ikigai from episode one. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Find what you love. Believe in it. Positive things will happen. You cannot beat a river into submission, you have to surrender to its current and use its power as your own.